The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. of British Columbia to you listening around the world. This is Spaced Out Radio with host Dave Scott. They let us play with all our toys. They let us think that we're big boys. They let us make a lot of noise. But we're in They let us think we're Superman. You can follow us on our website, spacedoutradio.com, on iTunes and tune in. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. On Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show, or on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Are you playing with Bigfoot and aliens again? Uh, Dad, you gotta stop haunting the goat. It's scaring them. All right, seriously, put down the pointy sticks. Word is. Buckle up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Spaced Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff. Seriously, Dave? Really? Aren't you a little old for a tinfoil hat? Hiya! Toby! Bye-bye. 
Good evening and welcome to Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, and it's great to have you along for the ride on this Tuesday, May 23rd, Wednesday, May 24th. If you're on the East Coast or across the pond, hope you had a great day and night. We are live right here at Uncle Jimbo's Cabin, right here in the Great White North, as we are here seven days a week. We welcome in our terrestrial radio stations, WQEE 99, Rock the Key, down in noon in Georgia, home of the Walking Dead. We are also live on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. We're also live at spacedoutradio.com on Spreaker, KTLK, The Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio in Las Vegas, the High Plains Talk Radio Network, and on Revolution Radio. So if you're listening in on the Double R Machine, remember... It's a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. If you like our theme music, you can thank our resident guitar god, Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal, formerly of Guns N' Roses, currently of Art of Anarchy. Bumblefoot is the official sound of SOR. Hey, if you're on social media, give us a follow on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. On Instagram, you can follow me at Dave Scott, SOR. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download our shows from iTunes. We're also on Radio Guide.fm, Talkstream Live, Player.fm, and Stitcher. Our website, of course, is SpacedOutRadio.com. And if you head over to Patreon.com for as low as a dollar a month, you can become a patron of SOR as well. Now, if you want to take part in this show, you have to do me a favor. Sign into one of our chat rooms. You can go to our website, click on Listen Live, we'll get you there. Also, on Revolution Radio, on Spreaker, on the UPRN chat room, or if you're a valued member of the SOR Space Travelers Club on Facebook. Or if you head over to Twitter, what you can do there is use the hashtag SpacedOutRadio. I will get to your questions and comments in there as well. Now, if you head to our website for 5 bucks a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. It's that simple. And right now, go to our store, just like Rahonda did, Space Out Radio store, Pick up a t-shirt, pick up a poster, or a sticker. Soon we'll have Carl the Alien candles there for you as well. And while on our website, while you're perusing around, check out The Encounter Online. It's a great news section put together by Eric Markham and Everett Themer. Check out my latest blog there as well. And if you've had an experience you can't explain, fill out an SOR Sightlines report. We want to hear from you. Tonight, we bring back a couple of guests, but this time, it's in tandem. You've heard their voices before. Brett Colin Shepard and Ken Johnson are here tonight as we take a trip into the realm of conspiracy. Brett is a researcher who for years has been studying the possible architecture of structures on the moon. Have aliens been there? Are we in current contact? If so, who is hiding the secrets to what's going on? What do the governments of the world know and what are they keeping us from? Ken Johnson is a NASA whistleblower. He may not like that title. I sure do just sounds so special and real. You know, he gives us the insight of being a NASA employee. 
what was covered up? What wasn't? The questions, though, do keep piling up. And really, it's only when people like Ken and Brett stand up and speak their knowledge is when we, as the common citizen, get just a little peek of what's going on behind the veil. Ken Johnson, Brent Shepper, welcome back to Spaced Out Radio tonight, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Dave. Uh, we're doing great. Thanks for having us on. Doing great. Thank you. Not a problem. You know, gentlemen... When we brought you on separately last month, it's really cool this month to have you both on at the same time because it's exciting. I mean, the knowledge that you guys pack in your research, is it ever, Brett, one of those stories that is going to end? Is there an answer to these questions that us as human beings are ever going to get about what is out there beyond what we see in the stars? Um, yes, there there will be an answer, and it'll come from the community. It's it's hardly going to um, it's hardly going to come from our governments or people that have clandestine agendas. Um, they, you know, they, and, and these these agendas have been going on for centuries. You know, um, they 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 covered up the SR seventy one Blackbird for forty years, and that and that's literally a fly by wire uh, aircraft that is really no big deal. It's it's sort of uh, something that hides what's actually there in the secret space program. You know, so so yes, we will find out exactly um, what's going on. Um, I know that I've gone as far as to say that, that without any doubt that there are bases, there are aliens on the moon. I'm glad to hear you say that, Brett. After all that you found in my archive and... Uh you've got down in records and now you got it out to the internet i i think dave one of the um the biggest things that i'm seeing going on right now is and i like to to compare it to a, a tsunami you and it's it's not just a, going in land at one place it, it's the fact that i just had a dream about this last night and it it was looking at the uh the pacific ocean and a tsunami going in all different directions towards land masses and this the tsunami is made up of all the experiencers and people that have had direct contact and what have you, and true actual knowledge of extraterrestrials and what's going on. And then up on the top of the crest, as this wave's coming in all around all the land around the world, it's coming in and to the point that the governments can't hide it anymore. They can't you know, say, oh, that's just swamp gas. They're going to have to stand up and say, well, we, uh, we, we were trying to protect the people because the people have grown up and we're ready to handle it now. Do you think, though, as we lean towards closer to disclosure, Ken, there's a lot of people out there who absolutely want to know what's going on. They need to know. Maybe they're experiencers. Maybe they are just curious. But where I get hesitant about the whole disclosure topic is when we get together and I see it just on this end with people and their reaction. There are people who are absolutely terrified about the idea of disclosure. There are people who are absolutely freaked out that this could be a possibility. Whether it's religion, whether it's their own personal beliefs, whether it's because they drink every cup of coffee their government tells them. And I'm not just saying that in the United States. It's everywhere. And I think about all these people who are just going to lose it. And I'm not sure that society is ready 
for the quest for aliens when we have so much going on here right now where we don't know which way is up. Well, I can appreciate that. And the um, I'm right now. I'm I'm reading this uh, document. It actually was written by uh, uh, Dr. Greer, and um, there was a particular item in it that I, I read just today, and it talked about how. Um, even the nuclear age and the fact that we actually detonated over two cities, um, the the whole world now has accepted the fact that, yes, there's nuclear war, etc. The whole key there was that, that uh, societies are able to handle information that, that they get the truth. But if they have to let their, their imagination run wild, that's where it gets difficult to control and also difficult to... Um, uh, for the people to deal with. I, it went on, to, to what I was reading, actually, it went on, uh, the, I think it's called The Undisclosed or something like that. But um, it, 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 they just, the people are really ready to handle things like that. And where Dave and I, not Dave, where Brett and I have gone and the people we've talked to at different events and things, uh, I, don't, I don't find that many people like it was 20-some-odd years, or I should say, oh, God, that's 47 years ago, excuse me, <laughs> when we landed on the moon. Um, the people themselves are, have matured. Biggest thing that they're pushing down, we have to understand this, as a, as a species, we're going to have to get away from that, that fear and, and hate and uh, attitude that is prevalent amongst homo sapiens on the planet. We need to learn to, to love and care and and. and then we're, I think that's the main reason why the fact that that came from the part that said why we were told and warned off uh, don't return to the moon because you're not ready yet. As a society, we're not. Not when we go in with our guns loaded and ready to shoot first instead of find out who's good and who's bad. I understand that, but there's a lot of people who will get trigger happy over the first sight of a big UFO hovering over their yep. town or city. That's, uh, that's what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> We may not, I don't think, it's not going to be like Contact, the movie Contact, where they had the big giant ship come in and, and doing bad things. It's been going on now for years and years, hundreds of years, and it's been on the individual level of contact. And that's that's one of the things that I've been learning more about uh, since I've been uh, dealing with, with Brett and uh, a lot of the other people and, and going to these conventions and things, is that um, disclosure for them is, is what they're ready for. The Those that want to hide their head in the sand, yes, you're right. They're going to have a little trouble coming to grips of it, but that's that's something we're going to have to deal with. It's uh, we're, Otherwise, we're stuck right here in, you know, 250 miles above the Earth and, <laughs> and low Earth orbit instead of a space-faring species. We're going to have to grow up. Is it that? Yeah, I think... Uh... Go ahead, Brett. Oh, yeah. Well, I just wanted to interject a, a, a little bit. Um, we are we are facing um, not only a, a disclosure of extraterrestrials, which is a lot easier for people to handle, actually, because they believe in um, angels and demons and devils and all this. Um, you know, they, they were indoctrinated since birth into all of these belief systems. Now, the, the thing is, is that that isn't unreal to them. What they're really afraid of is a crash of the financial system, a crash of their religion, um, something to that nature. And what I mean is that, you know, um, the, the construct of religion. I don't mean someone's spirituality or individual belief system. But, yeah, they're, they're, 
very much afraid of um, of a system crashing, you know, especially the dollar or something that they've relied on all their lives as a trade system. So, you know, these are these are one of the things that um, that that they can come out very easily in a human way um, to disclose what they've been doing, you know, greed-wise and all that with the financial system and fix those problems that are extraordinarily human. And I, I don't think the alien thing would even be an issue. Yeah, I think, Dave, also, if you look at it from the standpoint of ancient history, and I know that um, Brett is a tremendous expert in that, and I've learned so much in the past uh, year and a half, two years, is that when you take a look at the ancient Sumerians and further back in that, and you you compare what they had, you you look at what um, uh, the the translation of the Sumerian text, and they start looking at that, and you start comparing that to the history in the Bible, and, and I am a, a scholar in that. It all starts meshing together, and I think that's how we're going to bring society into acceptance. That yes, uh, the the religions can still be there, but they have to understand what the real truth was, what that brought it in. Whereas as most faithfuls believe that they know the absolute truth. That's why we have so much conflicts with all the different religions around. But they're going to have to accept the fact that um, part of it is true. Part of it is, is confused. And we, we need guidance and by uh, keeping an open mind and taking a serious look at things, then we can understand exactly where we came from as human beings, exactly what's going on on this planet. And more, in fact, that I think the Pope came out last year and said that there is bound to be intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. Well, that's that's a big step for the Catholic Church, but it's also a big step for people. So I, I, it's, I don't think it's going to be quite as difficult as, um, as you might think it is, and I'm anxious to get started on it. With the Pope coming out and saying what he did, in regards to he believes that alien life is out there and we all know about the lucifer program they have going down in new mexico where you are i I don't know how close you are to that project that the catholic church is putting on but do you think that with the pope saying what he did ken that that opens up the whole Pandora's box of the 1.3 billion Catholics now saying, well, maybe we should be looking up at the stars? Um, a lot of that's, in fact, that part of the book I'm reading, they, they get into that because one of the priests is, was disclosing a little bit of information about what they have in the, um, um, uh, the Catholic Church's library uh, over at in <laughs> where is that at? Huh? The Vatican. Thank you. Now, I have to explain something real fast here. Three weeks ago, I was in an auto accident. We had this young lady with a cell phone. By the way, people do not use your cell phones when you're driving. We had to stop at a T intersection because cars were coming by. And thank God, my wife put the tr- the truck we drive into park. But this gal was looking at her cell phone, and she rear-ended us at about 30 miles an hour. And we both are suffering from a little bit of whiplash. And I'm having a problem with um, what's that, um, short-term memory. So if you hear me stammering and studying a little bit, I, I hope you have a little patience. That I, I haven't lost my mind. It's just that it's frustrating as all get out to, to have to deal with something like that. So next Monday, 
um, I'll go in and they're going to literally do a scan and find out if I do have a brain inside this bucket. So I hope they're going to find out it still it still works. So you know, be a little patient with you know what, I need to actually put out a word of caution, too, because up in my area, up until about an hour before the show, there was a major power outage. We're getting winds up to 60 miles an hour up here tonight, along with thunder and lightning. So I just want to forewarn the audience that if all of a sudden we lose the show, it's because my power went out. I do broadcast out of my studio that I built here at home, beautiful Uncle Jimbo's cabin, and I want to make sure that everybody understands that just in case something happens, it's not aliens, it's not the secret government shutting us down, it's Mother Nature. So there we go. I just want to clarify that. It does happen. Can't control the storms. But that's okay. Do you, Brett, do you feel, looking back at the Vatican, do you feel... And a lot of people are still uncomfortable with this. That the Vatican may have made a kind of a poor name choice for Lucifer for their telescope project. Um, well, Lucifer um, literally means the morning star. It means Venus, and it's it, it really um, that that's the esotericism be, behind what most people think that are fundamentalist Christians, they think Lucifer means um, that literally a devil or something. Even the Catholic Church knows in their in history that that's a made-up bunch of crap, you know, basically. So, you know, the, them naming uh, their satellite Lucifer would, would mean that they're, you know, uh, looking at stars. So it's one of their names of a star, basically. Um they probably yes they 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 intended it to sound somewhat evil you know that that they're looking out in space for for these um alien heathens you know so so they did have probably that that spin on it um the the thing is is that um the the catholic church knows aliens exist because they communicate with them all the time um they're they're satellites on the moon uh, according to a friend of ours um he works on them you know, so there's the the satellites are relay dishes. He said that communicate with extraterrestrials that they've been in communication with since 1924, um, when they invented the Tesla radio telescope and pointed out out in space, uh, Ursa Major at the beginning, where they where they were actually that's the Bear constellation, by the way. And when when they pointed it out there, they they received a communication back in in somewhat of a Morse code, and, and they, um, I believe this was um, Jenkins that that actually did this this type of communication. Um, him, the one that you know, one of the ones that invented the television, and this other guy. And they, they pointed the radio telescope out there, and they got, um, you know, T, 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 T. They started getting ticks and beeps from space. And they, they actually um, established a communication with these beings in Ursa Major. And uh, basically um, uh, that, that, our, that, that our world, you know, means a certain thing, and um, man means a certain thing. Um, we are human means a certain thing, and um, they are um, Martian or whatever they may be, you know. Um, so so they, they actually labeled um, consistently 
these things that they sent out in space in a, in a type of a Morse code. So, you know, since 1924, we've at least been communicating with them um, through Morse code. And that developed later, you know, in, into more, um, yeah, more sophisticated um, dealings with the extraterrestrials out there. Apparently, some of them were from Zeta Reticuli or something like that, and we had an exchange program, which you know, what, which is what Close Encounters of the Third Count was based on, um, the the landing in Socorro and all that. Now, the, the the thing is, is as far as the Vatican, they know for a fact. So does our military that there's extraterrestrials. They've been communicating with them, and the extraterrestrials have been communicating with everyone on Earth in a graphic format either in their dreams or in, in um, patterns in nature. So, so everyone has been communicating with these extraterrestrials out there. Some of them are us. Some of them look funny. you know. So, but the, the interesting thing is um, the ones that come to Earth are bipedal. They know that they need a bipedal spacesuit to deal with the gravity on Earth. Now, the, the thing is, there's, that's not their true form. When you go out there in space, they could be a squid or an insect or anything else. So it, it's a very interesting thing that, that they um, really cherish um, the, the idea of coming to Earth and living this type of human experience. So, so a lot of the, the ones you know, that, that Eisenhower met on the runway... Um, they, these guys that popped in and out of reality and so forth needed a host. They, they basically were uh, an interdimensional consciousness, but they needed a host. So, so that was the deal, that they could um, take samples, you know, whether it was blood or tissue or whatever, from people and create um, a, a host, a human body. And the thing is, is that the MyLabs, um, from the military and from the secret programs, SRI and all that, um, were, were actually doing the bad things, the abductions and all of these things. The extraterrestrials are just kind of follow, trying to follow the rules of who they think our leaders are, just like we are. So in a, in a way, this is, the, this is the main idea. We do not have rogue um, type of extraterrestrials that even want to bother to that extent to kill us, or they would have. I, I get that, and I can appreciate that. And I can say that as someone who has had positive ET encounters, because my yep. encounters have been pretty good so far in the few that I have had. But there are a lot of people out there who will not buy that story. They want to be able to say, this is evil, I've had the experience, there's nothing good that comes from ET contact, we need to stay away from space, let us be on our own planet, we don't want them here, and if they are here, let's rid this planet of this infestation. There's a lot of people out there like that, Brett, who just will not or cannot open up to the fact that aliens, like people, some are good, but some are bad as well. Well, their, their perception is absolutely necessary. It's like a firewall, you know. Um, they've been indoctrinated in religious uh, ideas and constructs, you know, that, um, that are very earthly. They're, they're not exactly, um, you know, they're, they're not exactly for everyone. But, but the, the different perceptions that human beings have about an extraterrestrial, whether it be... Um, you know, a god out there, or um, the great spirit, or 
whatever we consider extraterrestrial. Um, it, it, it's like a firewall. It's the, the idea of a three-dimensional, not non-spiritual extraterrestrial that's coming to Earth or something like that. Um, these these fears are, uh, are are basically coming from the the religious construct and and the it's not even the social construct. I mean, you know, we see that all the time in movies and and all. But the the religious thing, uh, they 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 would tell you that anyone that believes in these things are are of the devil and and are witches or need to be burned at the stake or something. And they, this is the the same ideology, you know, that came up through um, New Mexico when when New Mexico was settled. Um, the Spanish conquistadors came through here, and that's exactly what their religious people did is that they persecuted the Indians that were here, the Pueblo Indians, and they started burning them at the stake because they were, um, you know, um, praying to Kachina gods and all that. And they, they, had, they had no understanding of it is the problem, you know. And it's the same idea um, with the extraterrestrials. A religious construct is always going to be um, doing adversary creation, so they need an adversary to even validate their own religion. Ken, I want to bring you in. Ken, I want to bring you in here for a second because Mike in the chat room has a great question. He says, "Didn't different governments make different deals with aliens for the rights to do what they are doing to us?" Then, well, I know that um, uh, Eisenhower made the initial deal. You have to understand the the environment that the world was in. Uh, World War Two it was just ended, and um, we had just released you know, nuclear weapons, and Eisenhower chose to go with, um, as I understand, I could be wrong, Brett can straighten me out here at the Grays, and made agreements to allow a certain amount of um, people to be um, abducted for their experiments, all kinds of things. But this was in order to have America have the the most advanced technology and uh, be ready to protect um, the democratic way of life that we've established here, which we've just about lost, <laughs> I hate to say it. But at any rate, um, so th- we, the problem we run into is that um, people don't want to, um, well, you're going to have to help me here, Brett, because I'm having one of these, these memory losses. I think he just went in the other room. Sorry about that. Dave, you can help me out a little bit with that too, probably, because um, we're in, in a, a bad situation where we've got ISIS coming around and they're destroying uh, the, um, uh, our histories. And things, and that's important. How can we know where we're going if we don't know where we've been? It's real simple to say it that way, but in fact, that's true. No, and I can fully understand that, Ken. And we do know, I mean, let's face it, we don't know for a fact, but we we really want to make sure that that conspiracy of Eisenhower has some validity, validity pardon me, to it. I tend to believe the story. I've talked to numerous people off the record, not on the show, and even on the show, actually, about Eisenhower's deal. And there's a couple of different stories about that as well, is that, yes, he met aliens at a California Air Force base, then there was two sets of aliens, one offering saying, I'll give you the answers to life and and everything, but no more nuclear weapons. And then the other one said, well, we don't really care about the nukes. You know, we just want some people for technology. So when it comes to that Eisenhower story, what's the real story as far as you know? Well, personally, 
I'm, I'm almost old enough. I was born um, in 1942. In fact, I, I'm going to give you a little quick story here. That uh, Believe it or not, uh, Eisenhower was only a, a full bird colonel at Fort Sam Houston, San Antonio, Texas. Um, and my, my dad was a captain in uh, bomber training. He had just gone out of fighter training. And um, um, May, um, maybe, um Eisenhower and Dwight Eisenhower would play bridge with my my wife and my wife, excuse me, my mother and my father. And I had just been born in 1942, and they were um, at the house having playing bridge. And back in the old days, people don't realize, but you know, the moms kept the babies pretty close to them all the time. So here came time. Mother said she was going to get some coffee, and so uh, she picked pick me up, getting ready to go get the coffee. And Ike says, "Here, I'll hold him for you." And mother goes out and gets coffee and comes back in and. Eisenhower is holding me out real far away from him. He says, I think he sprung a leak. Well, we didn't have Pampers then, so <laughs> I have the uh, privilege of saying that I probably went on with the guy who became the first pre- one of the presidents of the United States. So I do have a connection to Eisenhower. Not quite the connection you were looking for. But now people that I, I have talked with in my age bracket, a little bit older, that are connected to and have knowledge of that meeting and I'm I'm personally um, a complete, total believer in that, and particularly in the documents that I've been re- reading recently. There have been people who have given deathbed um, uh, confessions, so to speak. So the information is still coming out about that. Uh, the choosing, the de- decision he made for the time that was going on in the world at that time, that seemed to be the most logical decision to make, although now we can look back and say, wow, maybe we could have, uh, the world could have grown into a peaceful uh, species on the whole planet Earth a little better better and quicker if we hadn't gone for the strength and power. In other words, we're going to maintain peace because we've got the biggest hammer, in this case, nuclear. That's kind of the road that we took, and, and back to why we weren't allowed to return to the moon is because we have not grown up as a species. We still want to shoot first and ask questions later. I hope we're making progress. Well, I yeah, look at, um, it, go um, ahead. Oh yeah, I, I was going to say that the peace peace was not an option. You know, when you have a, um, you know, um, a, a military man, you know, that who's the president right after. Nazi Germany, you know, I mean, this is this is this is something that's not possible or conceivable in this time period um, to get rid of all the weapons, to get rid of all the nukes and everything else. It was inconceivable because there is something called uh, military insecurity, and this 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 insecurity um, is a paranoia that's for um, they believe for stability and continuity. So if if they take away those things, then they're leaving themselves wide open, and that was their mentality back then. Is that you know somebody could come in, the Russians or anybody else at the time could come in and um, obliterate us, you know, because they lied and they they didn't get rid of their weapons, or somebody lied, or this or that. So there was a lack of trust as far as uh, as a big plan to get rid of all of the. Uh, weapons and such. Well, you know, the the extraterrestrials, guess what? They solved that problem for us, so we probably would have blown ourselves up. They they, they started a t- um, 
dis- disabling, you know, nuclear sites. Um, the, the Peacekeeper missile, which Ken can talk about, would, would go up, and, and he actually saw the videotape of that. Yeah, and there's a little um, more to do that too, Brett. And that was uh, when we, uh, during the Apollo, into the Apollo, we're talking about sending a nuclear uh, uh, weapon to explode on the moon. And uh, that particular craft that was on its way to the moon to, to detonate, we wanted to see what it would do to the moon, but then um, that craft was intercepted by extraterrestrials and it was detonated before it got to the moon. So, uh, and that's that's been documented, and I'm just looking at the documents and reading about it just today. So there's um, a, a lot of things that have been done wrong, let's face it, uh, human beings are not the most... Uh, congenial species to run into. One of the things I think that, that is a good example is if you go all the way back to uh, the 1940s and back in the early days, people would not have been able to deal with extraterrestrials. They, the first thing that came out was the blob. They're going to land here and it's going to absorb everybody. And, and then you had, uh, oh, the little fuzzy monsters and different things that were, it, everything was evil. And then Hollywood started changing. We got into Star Trek. We got to go into um, that, that through in Star Wars because there had to be a conflict going on somewhere. But you've seen a pro- progress made in the human species, and, and Hollywood and the movies are usually ahead. I don't know who, who guides and tells them what to do, but um, you, you'll find that our species have been educated and trained to come to the point of being able to accept that we are not the only species in the universe, and particularly when you realize that the the different races that have been in contact with the Earth for the last thousand years or more, they could have destroyed us any time they wanted to. And the fact that, that their interest in helping us mature and become more of a part of the intergalactic sentient beings, intelligent beings. So right now, so there's questions about whether we're intelligent or not. In certain areas, we aren't. We, we have to grow up still some more. I have a question off of Twitter, and Brett, you could start with this one. This comes from Canadian Joe. He is asking, didn't the aliens on the moon want us gone because they were mining helium-3 on the moon? Well, I, I don't know if they were specifically mining helium-3, but there, were, um, there, there are a lot of substances that... that could be mined on the moon you know there's titanium selenium all kinds of beryllium there's all kinds of uh, materials that are very useful um especially you know um with nuclear reaction or or even a clean type of hydrogen based um energy you know um some of some of these uh there, there's also um uh different uh, non-nuclear um, engines, you know, that they could create energy for the rest of our lives, literally, that that are on the moon, and, and the, these the the problem is, is the socio-economic system that's set up on Earth. Um, th- this is the thing that they're afraid um, if it crashes or whatever, um, and we go to this this clean type of energy, um, will will we be able to? Um, you know, um, have the same type of system with that free system. Let me jump in there a little bit, Dave. 
the um, the, the question about uh, were we warned to not to return so much because of the um, um, uh, the mining that was taking place. The the whole asteroid belt and everything else, the elements and things are just more plentiful there than they are on our moon. Yes, uh, there is evidence that there's mining that's been going on. Uh, more recently, the question is who's doing the mining. Some of it's ours. But then the thing of uh, not returning because you're not ready yet, as it was transmitted to us, is because we were not peaceful enough. We would be bringing nuclear weapons, which, as I just explained, we even attempted to see what would happen if we detonated one on the moon and see if it was hollow inside or what have you. But there were other ways of doing that. Um, in fact, I, I know for a fact, because I was part of the team there, when we, um, uh, each time we landed on the moon and we then uh, took off to rendezvous with the command module, once we rendezvoused and docked the, uh, the asset stage of the lunar module with the command module and we transferred all of the samples and all the rocks and things that we, we had collected on the moon, we would separate the asset stage or the limb portion uh, the decent stage of, of the limb was still sitting. It was actually the launch platform for us to make it into orbit. But anyway, we would send it down and then have it fire the retro rockets to make it uh, impact on the moon in a certain location. So here you have a, a non-explosive uh, device coming down at, at a pretty good speed, impacting on the lunar surface, and that sets off set off a trigger of, of um, vibration. In fact, the um, seismic equipment that we, we set out on each one of the uh, uh, landings on the moon was a, a seismometer to be able to record the, the, uh, the effects of an, ex of an explosion, or in this case, an impact, either of an asteroid, in this case, the impact of the lunar module. We knew the amount of weight it was, the speed it would be traveling. It was easier for them to calculate the effect on the moon once it hit. And then, of course, and, and I have pictures of the actual... Um, uh, transmission of the signals of the impact in my archive that shows it didn't just ring like what geologists will go out when they're looking for oil wells and things, and they, they have a thumper that sets off a signal, and they can determine if there's any uh, uh, liquid fluids, water, or in this case oil or what have you, below on the lunar surface. We were able to determine that there was a great deal down below that is, is hollowed out. So we didn't have to send a nuclear bomb there to test it and summon their great wisdom of the earthlings own human decided oh we'll we'll send a, a, a nuclear bomb and blow it up and see really find out what's going to ring and uh, in this case that got uh, nixed by uh, extraterrestrials that uh, detonated it before we got there so we're making making progress I like Joe's comment in the SOR Space Travelers Club. He didn't mean this as a question, but I'm going to use it this way, and either of you can respond. Joe says, I'm confused because there are so many people that so-called have the inside scoop of what is going on with the aliens, but none of their stories ever seem to match up. Can you help decipher that? Um, yes, I can. Um, well, it, you know, there are many experiencers out there uh, on Earth that go out and talk about their experience with extraterrestrials or their um, the state of regressions or this or that. Um, it, you know, the thing is, is that that each individual has has their own perception, and there are a lot of similarities in those stories. Um, uh, far too many to ignore. Um, but the thing is, is that. Um, 
this thing that's out there is a very perceptive underlying reality thing. And um, the, it, it's not a matter of, of them hiding the fact that there's extraterrestrials. That, that's sort of a given and has been for millennium. You know, that, that there's, there's different races on the planet. There's um, um, all of these different aspects of where we came from. The thing is, is that um, the, the religious aspect of it has their own agenda, and they have a, a, the so-called damnation memori, where, where they wanted us to completely forget about our ancient history and where we came from, which was space, you know. The, the thing is that they don't want to, us to know that because then they don't have control over the situation, and they think it's for our own good. Now, the, the thing is, as far as all of these people that are going out and they're talking about their experience with extraterrestrials, um, you know, namely Travis Walton or, or someone that's been abducted or something like that, um, there, there is a lot of proof that something definitely happened. With these, you know, with these individuals, um, the thing is, is that is if we're looking for proof, um, extraordinary proof or whatever, um, as human beings, with only an Earth context, how are we ever? See, they know this, by the way. How are, how would we ever get any proof, even if an alien came and knocked on our door and said, "Okay, I am an alien," you know, would would you believe him? See, with your perception of denial and debunking, would you believe that that's an alien? Would you believe that there is an alien flying that flying saucer, or would you believe that that's just one of the government secret space program objects? You know, so so these are these are the things that we're dealing with. Is this um, this lack or the refusal to to look at people that? or listen even to people that have had an extraordinary experience that they that doesn't fit within the construct of of this reality this underlying reality so one of the um the things is that, that people will listen to what others say in 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 the form of religion they're going to listen to their ministers or their their bishops or who have you uh and then or the governments are going to be told you know they're going to ask the question well um do aliens exist or what have you there? Uh, and the comment from their, the leaders, so they don't have to think, will say, oh, no, that's just a bunch of uh, hooey going on. Well, Brett and I have been talking uh, all over where we've been going, is do your own research. Dig in there. The information is there. The material is there. You can find out the truth. The truth is out there, but it's going to require the people to do their own research and find out about it. And the government has not made it that clear. They've kept it from us long enough, but with enough of us with experiences, we're able to now come and say, well, this was true, that was true. I've seen the evidence of that. That's obviously the truth. What you said isn't the truth. Now how are you going to get out of that situation? It's time now. That's why we're, we're no longer, I don't think we're in the soft disclosure phase right now. I think we are rapidly moving into full disclosure, and now people will have a lot more materials and things to uh, to research themselves and understand so that so they can get the history to blend into where it makes sense instead of just is my way or the highway you have to be able to to get the truth out there 
Yeah, I think one of the, the, the first things that they're going to um, disclose pretty hard is the fact that we have a secret space program. And, and they're not going to say that, that it was influenced at all by extraterrestrials. So if, if that, you know, makes any sense. Um, they, they've actually trained their military personnel to even debunk Roswell by saying that it was just an early version of the SR-71, which was, you know, the A-12 Avenger. And you know, to, you know, the the A twelve Avenger kind of looks like a you know triangularly shaped um, thing, uh, similar to some of the um, crash observations that people have made of the Roswell crash. And they're they're saying that the the alien that they thought was an alien was just the the pilot, you know, that was in um, full yeah full pressure flight pressure suit with with the oxygen mask that comes out and everything else. Now the thing is that the the flight suit I've looked it up looks absolutely nothing like an extraterrestrial that people would say that that's an extraterrestrial. It's obvious that that's a a man in a suit, you know. But if you don't know what um, G suits, what we'd call them, is to be able to handle the the excess Gs, looks like again haven't done your own research and checked it out. You would say, oh wow, then yes, he's probably right. That was one of our early experiments it's you know it, it's it's dealing with people who don't want to think for themselves is the most difficult thing that we've ever had to to try to get the information out there because they just want to believe what they've been told to believe because life's a whole lot more simple if somebody does the thinking for you that's sad but true yeah and there's 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 people that that have actually witnessed that crash you know and and they're in tears about it holding their daughter's hand while they're dying and saying, you know, hey baby, don't, don't believe any of that crap that you hear the the there are there were aliens and there was a UFO. You know, so so the, there's there's these human experiences that people are having with um with with some of these issues that require this so-called extraordinary proof. Um You'll notice that these debunkers and these people that that are with this uh, this um, CSI or skeptic organizations, um, they they actually get anonymous funds and they get paid to do this. So they they have a lot of reasons to do this. Aside from the fact that um, a, a lot of them say that they're not religious or they're not affiliated to a religious organization. But in fact, they are one of the oldest. In fact, is the Church of Christ that goes all the way back, um, you know, to to the to the Society of Friends, you know. So, so the the military-industrial complex is absolutely indoctrinated with you know Christianity and and some of the the fundamentalist ideas of this country. Now, the thing is, is that at the same time, then they call people that, that do that, or they're terrorists, you know, religious terrorists or whatever, that believe in, in aliens or angels or demons or this or that. And um, that that's the thing that, that, that we should look at is discernment, you know, who do, we look, who do we go to to do our own investigation? And I would say, start with your experience, whatever that was. If you had a strange experience or whatever, and you start looking, you know, lo- looking for answers, you'll find them. But you're going to find them not from our government because they've obviously, you know, they've obviously lied about these things. And the the thing is is that 
Um, why would we believe them if they came out, if the president came out and said, okay, everybody, guess what? Aliens are real. Well, th- this, these people have been lying to us for centuries. Why would we believe someone like that? I would sooner believe the farmer who has no teeth. That, that said, you know, an, a, you know, an alien came up and, it, you know, I, I wasn't sure if he was going to do something to me or not because I've, I've heard that they do that, you know. So I would sooner believe that guy, um, you know, that w- watched his cow get abducted than, you know, to believe a, a president or any of these military people on these things. We've talked to military people, and they, they seem to have, um, a, a scripted story for all of these things. Yeah, they're completely, utterly brainwashed. You mentioned about the secret space program, Brett, and that you think that's going to come out in some sort of disclosure coming up soon. Where are they hiding all of this technology? Where are they storing it? I, I don't see it just being at Area 51. No, it's not just at Area 51. There's some, you know, there's some at um, Los Alamos, some um, different pieces of it, you know, um, uh, parts. Um, they're, they're experimenting with biological materials, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of it for the agenda of bio-warfare or something like that because they weaponize everything, even psychology. There are a lot of underground bases, and that's coming out now, too, in which... Um, what you see uh, on the runways of our of our um, airports and things are, you know, maybe at least 50 years behind what uh, we've already uh, reverse engineered and created using uh, the militaries using themselves. They're so far ahead of what we see visually uh, as a society, but it's out there. And Dulce is as as one actually had uh, a, an extra wing of it that is craft that is so far advanced of our and again this i wish i brought the book with me it's out there but um dr your has all he has interviewed so many hundreds of people and the number of the evidence of people who are willing to come forward now and again that's back to that tsunami as i was mentioning at the beginning uh the people are decided that they're tired of waiting for the governments all over the world to come forward and you find that um Many of the governments have released documents and records of, of extraterrestrial contact and UFOs uh, to the point where only uh, America, Canada, and Great Britain are still trying to hold on to uh, the reins because they don't want to lose co- their fear is that they're going to lose control and that the effect upon the society will be so traumatic that it's not uh, oil, the oil dollar or what have you, that's, that's controlling the world anymore because there's zero-point energy and those things which uh, Tesla and some of the other scientists way back when were, were already experimenting with, and we should have already had it. So it's we're making progress. We're getting there, and it's starting to happen. And I think this year, and I'm one that's out on the front of this thing, this is the year of full disclosure, um, and it's starting to happen. Well, yeah, gentlemen, I I, I, gentlemen, I'm going to get you to hold on to that thought in regards to the full disclosure of 2017. 
because we are up against the wall here when it comes to the first break of the night. And I don't want to have to all of a sudden cut you off in the middle of getting to some pertinent information regarding this. But I'm going to get you guys to hold on right now because I'm going to take our first break of the night. Our guest tonight... Ken Johnson, Brett Colin Shepard. We're talking everything from aliens, disclosure. We're going to get into more about Mars, the moon, Ken's past regression, contact with aliens. There's so much we can talk about tonight. And we got 120 minutes left on this show. You're listening to Space Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott. We'll be back right after this. Coming September 29th to October 1st, the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon. Hi, this is Dave Scott. The event will be held at the Spruce Hills Spawn Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Come join us for an amazing weekend of speakers talking all things paranormal, UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Sasquatch, intuitiveness. Listen to great speakers like Miriam Delicato, Samantha Mowat, and the crypto guru Ronald Murphy. Get your VIP passes by going to spacedoutradio.com and clicking on the Paracon banner. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you. From coast to coast to coast, Blacklight Uncharted is taking on the paranormal across Canada. From ghostly hauntings to the UFOs flying above in conjunction with MUFON Canada, they're closely investigating what's going on in the northern skies and checking out the apparitions that walk among us. Check out our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. We want to know your thoughts, we want to hear your experiences, and we want you to share your stories. The answers are out there, and we intend to find them. Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at spacedoutradio.com. For only $5 a month, you can get access to some great prizes, as well as private monthly shows, newsletters, and a members-only section on our website. Become a space traveler today. It's paranormal news at its finest. Welcome to The Encounter. At spaceoutradio.com, The Encounter Online is SOR's trusted news source for everything weird and strange going on around the world. This is news editor Eric Markham. Our team of journalists are scouring the planet for those strange stories that rarely make the mainstream. No fear-mongering or fake news here. Head over to spaceoutradio.com and encounter The Encounter. Hey, this is Canadian Paranormal Investigator Mike Moore. The third Wednesday of every month, I'll be teaming up with Dave Scott to bring you Ghosts of the Great White North. Each month, we will bring on guests from across Canada to discuss their ghostly encounters. Canada is a paranormal hotbed with stories you've never heard, so we're going to bring them to you. So get comfy on your Chesterfield, grab a donut, and join us, eh? Have you had an experience you can't explain? Had a run-in with ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, or seen lights in the sky? Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt from the SOR Sight Lines. I'm here to investigate your sighting. Head to spacedoutradio.com and fill out a report on the sight lines. All your information is 100% confidential, and I will help you figure out what you've been seeing. File your report, and let's find out the answers together. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. 
With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit. And expect a miracle. Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media. Have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com, where I... Vincent Zunza and my super sleuth partner Alexandra Sullivan track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest, from Bigfoot to Mel's Hole and everything in between. This is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird? Right here at spacedoutradio.com. Oh, there's only one way to rock, loud and proud. In high definition, Radio 702 Rocks, Las Vegas. Every Saturday and Sunday night, as Dave Scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness, you can come hang out with me, James Tyson, and Spaced Out Weekend. Starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, I'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields. SpacedOutRadio.com is the place to find us. So sit down, relax, put your feet up, enjoy the topics like the paranormal, supernatural, intuitiveness, and so much more. Hope to see you there. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Welcome back to the second hour of Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you along for the ride. Tomorrow night on the program, well, here on the West Coast, it's my birthday. It's my birthday tomorrow. I haven't booked anybody. I'm opening up the lines to you. Whoever wants to call in, 
can call in tomorrow night, chat with me. We could talk about anything. I'm just going off the cuff tomorrow night. I hope you enjoy the show and you roll with me and call on in because I want to hear from you. And tomorrow night's going to be a special night. 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on WQEE 99 Rock the Key down in Noonan, Georgia, home of the Walking Dead. We are also live on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. Good to have you with us. We're live on KTLK, the Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas, and... We are also live on Revolution Radio. The Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kelly Usmatically. Kelly Usmatically is your password for tonight. Make sure you use it wisely, Space Travelers, as Bill sets the password each and every night right here on the mighty SOR. Now, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio if you want to connect with me live during the show as well. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn, download this show and others on iTunes. We're also on RadioGuide.fm, TalkStream Live, Player.fm, and Stitcher. Our website is SpacedOutRadio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. You can read up on the encounter online, our news section, or... We have a brand new store. We have Spaced Out Radio t-shirts. We got stickers. We got posters. Soon, Carl the Alien calendar or candles. And hopefully a lot more in the near future for you. So check that out today. Ken Johnson and Brett Colin Shepard are joining us tonight. We are talking everything conspiracy when it comes to what is happening in space above. Gentlemen, welcome back. We're here. We're here. Awesome. Now, right before the break, we were talking about disclosure, and Ken, you said something very, very interesting regarding the fact that you believe 2017 is the year of disclosure. Now, Stephen Bassett has been saying this is the year of disclosure for about the last 15 years, yet it hasn't happened. What has you convinced that 2017 could be the start of that process? Well, I, 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 I we. I'm not sure we're not hearing Ken. I'm not sure if his phone is off or not. All right, am I on now? There you are. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I really want to get into this, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and take a, a jump on it because in reality, uh, the the debunkers for one that have gone after uh, anyone who's who's come forward with information, and um, Brett can talk about things he's recently discovered about how they they make their money by debunking anybody that comes forward, but now. Um, because of um, yeah, credibility, that has been a key factor in the fact that I was able to save the archive that I have and uh, make it available to to the whole world, actually, as well as um, the research centers and things that are going on. Now that that is out there, and there's the the reaction uh, that I got back feedback from is they said, "Oh my God, he really does have the pictures." They thought that I was just a lot of BS, if you want to use the term. Um, it, it's out there now. Since then, I've had the, the opportunity to get with Dr. Sasha Lesson, and um, 
do a little bit of regression, past life uh, regression or what have you. And that's, it gets back to why I'm thinking that this is um, the time of full disclosure, and that is uh, experiences that I've had in this life and past lives, and uh, hopefully we're going to get it all written out and to where everybody can find out. But apparently um, I may have had the opportunity for being trained uh, to become a solar system ambassador. And as strange as it might seem, for a period of five, almost five full years, I was a solar system ambassador for NASA and the um, JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And that was going just fine until um, Mr. Richard Hoagland decided to put the tag on me of being a whistleblower and uh, uh, put me in his first book, I think, on uh, Mars and the, the, the Dark Mission. At any rate, consequently, they, they went at, I should say, the uh, Oberg and company went after me and uh, got JPL to drop me from the Solar System Ambassador Program. Well, it just it so happens that in uh, hypnotic regression, as a child, I was... Um, picked up in a little town called Hart, Texas, only 560 people, and I could go into a lot of detail on that, but I'm not. But um, And I was taken back to either their very giant mothership or to their, their planet, where a lot of us young people, because at the time I was only like in the second grade, uh, second, third grade, and we were being trained um, about the, the future that was going to be coming to planet Earth, based upon the experience of what we were having there. And uh, in my case, how to actually fly one of the uh, the saucer-type craft. Now, if I had come out with that way back before we were talking about um, the, the bases on the moon, bases on Mars, based upon the archive and, and photographs and documents that I have and that I've made available, people wouldn't even have taken the opportunity to believe any of that because they're saying, oh, well, he's a total wacko. Well, um, I don't think so. I'm, I'm ready for that. Now you, let's take a look at what has happened here in the very recent past. We've had Antarctica. We've had some of the most important people around the world suddenly show up down at Antarctica. And why? What did they discover there? And some of the information is now leaking out that it... Um, that when they were they drilled down, that they tapped into a domed area in Antarctica that uh, was the equivalent of like three Empire State buildings high, and that a river is running through the base down there, and the temperature inside the river is basically 70 degrees. So you had a warm climate even inside this sealed dome structure of an ancient city that was um, created way back before the slight re- repositioning of, of the Earth's axis and causing the Antarctica to become um, uh, ice total frozen over. So with that happening, um, it's just not a jump at all to say, okay, this is, if that's some disclosure coming there, we're ready for the rest of the disclosure. The people that have been sitting back afraid to come forward, because they've been, people have been threatened with their lives, and if, uh, if, if they did anything, then even their, their families' lives, in the past, they've been threatened with that. They don't have to worry about that because, and, and I'm, I'm not taking advantage of this, but people like myself and others that did have documents and records and information that have come forward can feel comfortable with going ahead and doing it now because uh, the truth is out there. What good would it do them to uh, do something to us? It would create a g- bigger problem for the governments and agencies to um, try to do us in or get rid of us 
because we've already put the information out there. It's out there. Now we're we're getting everyone the opportunity to do their own research and look into it. So I think you can add some to that, Brett. Oh yeah, I was just gonna um, maybe say that um, if if you look on Google Earth and you look at Antarctica, there's there's um, you know uh, hundreds of military bases there from all over the world, and one one of them was um, uh, uh, New New Schwabenland um, that that was created during uh, right after the or the peak of Nazi Germany during World War II, and the the Germans are the ones that are responsible for starting our secret space program in the first place. And guess what the secret space program actually is? It's not what they're hiding. The secret space program is their, their need to, to show the public that we're still using fuel-based rockets to go out into space. And this was a socioeconomic reason, a control reason. Um, that is the secret. The secret is what they've done to cover everything up. Now, you know, it's it's not necessarily a secret to the hundreds of military personnel that are working around these secret crafts and and uh, these um, incredibly technological feats that, that they've done since World War II. You know, uh, most of the things that we saw flying around in the skies in California and Utah um, are, are exactly the same as the, the German designs for the Hanabu and some of their extraterrestrial-inspired technologies. Now, the, the the Earth is limited. We can only do so much. We can we we have accomplished reverse gravitics and some um, electromagnetic uh, ideas and technology, um, as well as solar uh, solar technology and 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 that for energy. The the thing is is that. The Earth is limited. Um, the things that the extraterrestrials initially offered were impossible for humans to even conceive of because it's not the same environment. It's just a fact that, that our, sci- our science is limited to Earth. You know. Now, the, the, the thing is, is that they're, they're obviously hiding things um, in Antarctica because there's so many military bases there. If they were able to hide things for 40 years in Area 51, just imagine what what a black site that no one even knows about um, in Antarctica or you know um, up north and uh, somewhere in Greenland or somewhere in you know um, in one of these places that that we just don't have access to or ready access to. Um, the the thing is that there, there's satellites that we don't even know about because they they actually circle um, the Earth north to south pole you know, orbit. And we, we don't even know about those satellites or what pictures they're taking because we're, they do not want us to know what's there. The most they'll show us is, yes, we've established uh, this facility or this base, or we've established this base in this area of Antarctica. And that is what they're, they're not exactly trying to hide the technology. They fly it around our own skies all the time. That's not what they're hiding. They're 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 hiding the the cover up, the means of the cover up, how they covered everything up, and and one of those things was directly NASA. NASA was um, basically the propaganda based on Konstantin uh, Tsiolkovsky um, when when he was affiliated with making the movie The uh, Cosmic Voyage, and this was back in the 30s. 
this this particular movie, if anyone looks that up on YouTube or something, you can actually find it, and um, it's subtitled. But if you watch the if you watch the old black and white movie, it is exactly the same propaganda that NASA used on the American public, and that this this whole idea of this propaganda was absolutely to cover up what they were actually doing in secret. Um, Werner von Braun was affiliated with many things. A lot of people that were that were at NASA, even Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut, was affiliated with Stanford Research um, in, uh, Institute projects um, in remote viewing. Um, he he uh, was basically working with Ingo Swan and Yuri Geller and all of them um, to to basically be a, a subject out in space and have them remote view him and all of this. Um, this is where the idea of perception comes in, because this is the underlying reality of what's really going on. Anyone with common sense that has had an experience or seen something strange flying in the sky that didn't look like an airplane at all, you know, knows that, they're, that they have extraordinary technology either the extraterrestrials or our military. And they have to hide these, apparently. And it's not, like I said, the cover-up is what, you know, the, the issue is. Um, they're, they're not really trying to hide anything. They show us in movies all the time. They bombard us with all of these things. But it's our perception of it, you know. So if we were to go to a movie like um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and know for a fact in our minds that everything in that movie is the absolute truth and is real. That would be quite a different perception of that's just fiction. So, you know, what, what they've done is they've put all of these truths out in a fictitious matter, you know, to, to give us an underlying reality. Yeah, hidden in plain sight, you know, so to speak. So you have all of these secret organizations and these secret projects, and it's actually very convoluted now. They're confused. They're compartmentalized. You know, they don't know what the other one's doing behind the curtain. So the, these are these are some of the problems that they're facing when it, when you talk about disclosure. Disclose what? What part of it? You know, what layer of the disclosure? What frequency of the disclosure? What vibration of disclosure are they going to put out at us? You know, and like I said, I don't trust them. I trust my own spirit, my own eyes, just like everyone else, because. We are allowed to have our own human perception about all of these issues. And, you know, to answer that, yeah, to answer that guy's question, I know for a fact that they've got satellite dishes on the moon because I have a friend that worked on them. And so and I have another friend, I mentioned that on Facebook, you know, and I have another friend that came up and he said, well, I'll tell you what, I think it was William Whitegrow actually, he said, you know, he, he had been to Mars. He had saw all the secret space program stuff. He said, we have a lot more than that on the moon than just satellite dishes, believe me. So if we have bases on other planets, that could be an explanation of where are they hiding these giant ships that William Tompkins is talking about. Does that make sense? It does, but I think for the skeptics out there, though, the one thing that they want is that real proof that it's out there. Instead of, like you just said, take my word for it, trust me, 
people in this right. field, Brett, are getting so sick and tired of hearing that statement that, unfortunately, that's all we have. Because right. liter- literally Donald Trump or Obama be- before him, maybe Hillary because of John Podesta, if she would have got in, would have said something. But there are so many secrets out there that we're tired of hearing the secrets. People are like, are at that point now where it's give us the goods or just go away. They're becoming fickle that way, which is probably exactly what the government wants. But in the meantime, you can't blame the people for saying, I need more than this now. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? The, the, the experiencer, the, the ones that, that finally see the flying saucer with their own eyes or whatever, or the, or the giant craft in the sky with their own eyes, they, they're not looking for um, answers or this fundamental thing. Their, answer, their, their question is, who's flying it now? It, it, you know, so so a lot of proof has been out there. Well, one of the things Dave, is that it's not just taking uh, Brett's word or my word for it. The fact that I, my archive and stuff is now available to everybody in the world, people are going in and they're looking at and finding these bases that are on the moon, as well as those that are on Mars. They're literally, there's tangible, physical evidence of the existence of intelligent beings, be it either ourselves, which in many cases it is, and but that's my word, but I'm saying if you're looking at the actual photographs of these bases and information there, then, then you're, you're moving into the 21st century and ready for the full disclosure. So, so what, not just Brett saying you got to believe what I'm saying, but um, take a look at, at the data that's coming out. People, and, and that's where I'm looking for more data coming in about Antarctica, because uh, there's more information coming in about what they really discovered out there, and I'm, I'm just now getting into researching that area myself. Um, I wanted to say something else about the problem you, you mentioned, that people say they've been lied to so much, uh, and, and I just discovered this myself within this past week, because people would say, well, you know, we didn't really land on the moon, um, that was a fake, this, this part was a fake, and that's a... Well, winds up that there really was some videos, movies made in studios showing uh, Neil and Buzz Arnett coming down the ladder one at a time and um, uh, stepping off on the lunar surface. And that was made available in the event that something did happen and uh, because it was a race against the, uh, the, the, the monstrous Russian <laughs> uh, administration um, it, that we had to be the first ones to win there. So yes, there were movies and things that were made, uh, and uh, but we wound up not. Oh, and part of the reason that we're concerned there is if the landing, the cameras that were taking place on board the craft as we landed, as well as when we first uh, came out, out uh, on the lunar surface, would have exposed the the uh, some of the bases that were close, as well as craft that were landed uh, or hovering around the side of the 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 crater area where um, Apollo 11 landed. And so, you know, they played some games with us, and I was one of the hardest ones to convince that they could have possibly done that. Until now I can look at my archive, look at the pictures I have, as well as look at some of the movies and the videos that were run that um, we wound up, <laughs> fortunately, 
the eight cameras angles, and I can certainly guarantee you on Apollo 15, uh, Apollo 17 particularly, when um, they they came to the side of the crater and they're looking down inside the crater, and there were some uh, actual structures, not structures, um, part of parts of robots that were down in the bottom of this crater, and uh, the way the rover that they were driving around in the lunar uh, lunacod, um, it was parts such that the cameras couldn't be controlled from mission control to look down inside there, so the crew themselves were able to just um, get out of the uh, the cart and take a little short walk down inside and pick up some of the equipment and bring it back. So there, there's there's um, there's always been the hidden reason, the hidden purpose that we went to the moon, as well as uh, the proof that we actually did go. Because right now, with the satellites, the the Chinese, the Japanese, the American satellites, um, Russian satellites taking pictures around the moon, is even the Hubble telescope can zoom in on the landing sites where each and every one of the Apollo sites landed. And there's, you can still see where the descent stage is still sitting right where it was when we, we launched off to go rendezvous and come back to the Earth. You can actually see where the um, uh, rover's uh, tracks and things were. So there's proof that we actually went to the moon. But now I'm discovering there's some proof that uh, false videos were made in the event of a uh, mishap or exposing other information that they didn't want us to, to have. So uh, this, that's for me in research just coming up within the past week and a half, two weeks. So if, if, I'm, if I can find it and the information is coming out there, it is being disclosed, and that's why I'm saying full disclosure is coming. If you can convince somebody as hard-headed as I am that some of that stuff was faked, then you've come a long ways. I got a couple questions building up in the chat room here. These first two come from Eric. Where do reptilians fit in with all of this ET talk? Well, the yeah, latest information I've looked at is not just um, uh, the Greys, the reptilians, the uh, Nordics, um, the uh, Anunnaki. They're a majority of, of seven major different species that have been following our progression actually had a little bit to do with how we jumped our um, evolving a bit so that um, how the reptilians come in I'm, I'm from what I'm looking at they were the ones that Eisenhower made the deal with they're a little bit more um, anti-human if you want to put it that way um, so I, I don't know if that answers his question or not, but they're, they're those that don't have the same value of our human lives as we would like to have, but then yet they are under control by the, and I guess the term I can use is the, the Intergalactic Federation of Satian Beings, if you want to give a name or a title to some kind of an organization that, that is saying, all right, you've got to clean up the mess that you created here and uh, help Earthlings, humans, uh, mature into becoming ready to become part of this this intergalactic uh, federation of station beings. Follow up question. Yeah, from, follow up question from Eric, or do you want to answer to that first, Brett? Oh yeah, I'd just like to say a little bit about it. Um, the, the the reptilians have been recorded in our ancient history. You know, uh, they they've been on this planet longer than we have, probably because. Uh, the, the environment was right for reptiles, you know, back then. And the the thing is uh, about 
um, some of the old stories, uh, there's, conf- there's conflicting stories from different extraterrestrial races. Um, there, there's one race um, that, that are not grays. Um, they're, they're sort of uh, bluish and have like peach fuzzy kind of hair on them, according to, you know, these Czechoslovakian girls that are contacting them. And they, they say that, that, you know, our genetics come from um, very specific uh, places out in space, you know, and that, that um, yes, there's, there's some rept, reptilian mix in there, of course, um, because, you know, it's a pretty hardy species. They can live in environments that, that there's no way that we could possibly live in as a human. Um, there's the, the thing about the, the, the reptoid species is it's, a, it's quite a natural species on Earth. Um, there's all kinds of reptiles on Earth, you know, and it goes all the way back to the, the Chukahari, you know, that, um, that um, Credo Mutua was talking about, and, and you, you've got um, the Brotherhood of the Snake, you know, um, the, some of the more esoteric ideas of the cosmic snake and all of that. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that they have, at least the idea of them has been with us for, um, since, since Earth arrived, you know, um, as, a, as a viable uh, planet, you know, that, that could, that was probably um, manipulated in a way that, uh, where, where it was put in the Goldilocks zone. You know, there's there's a lot of terraforming going on in the universe, and some of it, um, I would say, all of it's you know quite natural, though manipulated. You know, they 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 don't have the the power of creation or something like that, but they do manipulate things, and that that's been known um, to be happening with with every species that we've ever heard of, that they've come and they've tried to manipulate certain things um, to benefit them. And human beings aren't any any different than that. Um, the the thing is, is the reptilians are um, part of our subconscious. And when we look at what, all of the the ideas of dragons uh, and this sort of thing, um, the the cosmic egg and the dragon, you know, uh, we we we've heard about Tiamat, you know, which was the first representation of a dragon. And it was it was beautifully written by J.R. Tolkien. You know the the idea of Smog, the dragon. You know um, coming in as the destroyer and all of that. And this goes all the way back to the Bronze Book and the Sons of Fire. Um, the the story, the these stories of um, uh, from the Chaldean Magi. You know that that wrote all of these ideas in the Seven Tablets of Creation. Um, that these same Chaldeans, you know, moved to England um, and had all of their their records and everything in Glastonbury Abbey about dragons and where all where all of that came from. They had stories of King George and the dragon and and the the uh, the perceptive idea that that this dragon was their god, you know, in some fashion or another, and demanded sacrifice and all of that. So the whole idea of sacrifice comes from that. That, that brotherhood of the snake and going way, way back to the Brahmins and everything else. Um, the, the, the sacrificing um, basically ceased when, um, when, when they knew that they could control people by just creating um, like a demigod that could take on all of the sacrifice of the world and all of that. And we know that story. So the, the, these are some of the underlying ideas that have been with us on Earth for, for centuries, 
and and it all you know coincides with that that idea of a dragon, you know, the bad guy in the cosmic egg creation, and yeah, the 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 whole demonic thing and everything else comes from the the idea of the slithering things, you know, on Earth. So I hope that helps. Let's get to more questions. What does my labs have to do with anything then? Yes, my labs are um, are the military ob- abductions. They they are the ones that are responsible for the propaganda of making it look like aliens are the bad guys. So so these guys will come and abduct a person, or um, you know, or come and get a cow, or manipulate it, or whatever. Not not that not that uh, extraterrestrials have not done that, but I find it hard to believe that the extraterrestrial would kill the cow because they wouldn't have to to take samples. Now the the thing is about um, these military. I I know a guy um, named George Orlefant. I believe that's his name. Um, anyway, he he was a, one of the military people that that were hired to investigate or told to go out and investigate these cattle mutilations and all. Um, you know, at, at the time when Linda Moulton Howe was reporting on it and all that. Um, what he said about it is he he didn't believe that. Aliens were the ones that were doing this. Um, ultimately, he believes that they were the MyLabs. They they were the military to make propaganda, to make it look like aliens were bad guys. All right, let's get to another question here. This one comes from Christopher. If these alien species are advanced enough to travel to and mine our moon, then why can't they just capture a mine and exploit one of the millions of asteroids or comets that are traversing all over our solar system? I'll jump in on that one just a little bit. Um, to to come up with a question, you'd, you'd have to assume that the, the aliens um, are only mining on the moon because that's the only source they have. When, when in reality, if, if you can go back as far as 1958, I believe that's about uh, when uh, Eisenhower made his deal, and the advanced technology that we were using, the fact that an helium-3, as, as was brought up earlier, is extremely rare here on Earth, but uh, it's extremely uh, available on the moon. And uh, I would be, venture to say that the majority of the... Um, uh, Mining going on on the moon is our um, uh, secret space program working on that ourselves. Okay, now I'm sure there are other uh, species that can certainly be there, but then just finding out recently the fact that uh, we have the technology and have had it for some time, and the fact that it's the moon is that close to us, why not? Wouldn't it be logical that we would be the ones to be doing the mining there? When as the person that called in that. Why not go to um, one of the large asteroids or the near planetoids in the uh, asteroid belts, et cetera, and where you won't have any conflicts or any uh, people to deal with, and they could do their mining that way. That makes a whole lot more sense to me to, 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 in that order of things. All right, let's move on to another question here. This one comes from Eric. What do you know, if you've looked into it at all, about Task Force Silk, the arrangement between Eisenhower and Churchill? Um, it, what, what I know about that is that not, not just Eisenhower and Churchill, but um, actually all the world leaders, even even those um, considered enemies to the public, um, it, it was was actually um, 
a lot of propaganda going on. Um, they, these military leaders are not mad at each other. Scientists are working together all over the world. That is the truth. You know, um, they, these guys are all in the same boat. How do we keep the world going? You know, so so the thing is, is that um, when Eisenhower goes to Churchill or, or anyone else, um, the 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 thing is, is that there is this shared technology that is directly coming from extra, an extraterrestrial source, whether that be working with a Ouija board and contacting the entity itself, um, or interdimensional or whatever, or actually physically um, an embodied um, extraterrestrial here on Earth. The thing is, is that, that they did receive um, quite a bit of technology. There was a huge technological jump at that time. And um, the, this this technology that was coming from Tesla and others that openly said that they got, you know, even even Einstein said that that um, it was from an extraterrestrial source, absolutely. And you know, the, the, this is the reason why the the world um, leaders were getting together. You know, G1 summit and all of this. They think they're getting together over finances. That's uh, that's that's a complete construct of Earthlings. Uh, that's not something that world leaders would meet about. They would sooner meet about the advancements and technologies that were available. Um, you know that they could actually either use themselves, like Kissinger has referred to some of these technologies um, in healthcare and all of that that are not shared with the rest of the world. Um, Kissinger himself has enjoyed an extraordinarily long life because of these technologies. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that's what the meeting is about, is what to release to the public and how slow or how fast. In, in addition to what you said with Kissinger, because I know Kissinger's one of the, um, I, not 12, I know that he's seven of the most wealthy people in the world, and they're the ones that are really pulling the strings, not the, our military, et cetera. And and as Brett was pointing out, it's it's almost a game to some of them on how they can manipulate the economies and manipulate uh, technology. Um, so long as they're the ones that are the royalty that's benefiting from all of the the uh, us little peons that are down below the, the the food chain, if you want to put it that low. Okay. All right, let's move on here to question. Joe has a very, very intriguing question. I think there's some legitimacy to this. He is saying, if it's a secret space program, how come everyone knows about it? Um, yes, that, that's exactly um, what I was saying before, is that they are not hiding a secret space program. They are not hiding that. They're hiding what they're hiding is is the corruption and the propaganda and the ways that they hid it, because people would flip out if they knew that. You know that you know that we had this technology the whole time, and only um, a few were benefiting from this technology. When there's starving people in the world, when when there's all kinds of health care problems, um, the, you know the, these technologies are um, not limited. Um, on Earth, it, it, it brings to mind the fact that the whole Apollo program was designed to to appease the people as well as you know the, the Cold War going on, but to um, 
appear that we were advancing in technology, et cetera, but at a much slower pace than what was actually going on. So the, um, uh, I'll call it dark mission, uh, program has been going on much longer and so much further advanced than what we we can perceive and see. That's all part of disclosure is coming out and finding out the truth of what's been going on. So uh, that's kind of kind of where we're at right now is we're, we're at the beginning of finding out that we have been lied to and that we've had played the games with, with humans in order for them to, uh, the, the wealthy ones, to be able to uh, have more great wealth and power and control. Uh, it's, it's all, a, for them, in my opinion, it's all a game. Eric has an interesting question. He is asking, Brett, Ken, what is your opinion of the 1952 Washington, D.C. flyovers of unidentified flying objects? Um, that was an attempt to, um, to force the governments into disclosure at that earlier stage. And, um, you know, I've often talked to people, and they said, well, you know, how, how come they don't just come and land on uh, you know, the White House lawn or uh, in, in Russia at the, the the big parade place. The thing is, is the governments would hide it and say, "Oh well, that was one of our our craft, just like Brett Knight has covered on the trip we just made, talking about um, the um, uh, the crash in Roswell." And, and they're so brainwashed that the person wasn't even born at the time that's spouting out all of this information to guests that ask the question about it. And when, in fact, those of us that have been around long enough that know that uh, know it really did happen. Well, the, the flight over Washington, D.C., with the nine or 12, however many craft there were, was an attempt by the extraterrestrials to push um, uh, Earthlings into accepting the fact that there are uh, uh, sentient beings uh, elsewhere in the world other than what we have. So, yeah, it, it, it happened, and um, it just, unfortunately, the governments were able to... to come up with some excuse and the people themselves so busy fighting the, the depression that was going on at the time to to just get enough food on the table to survive yeah the, there's um the, there's uh, another little thing uh, about that um the first deal that eisenhower made with extraterrestrials was actually a deal for for peace and um they these this is with the nordics you know that were apparently on the moon and they, they had extraordinary technology. Every time they say Nordics, by the way, I'm, in my mind, um, automatically I'm thinking German, okay? So, yeah, you know, they, these are, let's say, the Germans on the moon, you know, or whatever. But the Nordics um, to me are, are the, the tall, blonde, good-looking young ladies. So, I mean, okay. I'd go there. Yeah, you I, know. I'd go there. Yeah, the, the, basically, yeah, the Billy Myers, you know, sex chicks and all that, whatever. But, you know, Nordics or whatever on the moon, and um, Eisenhower basically said, no, you know, we're, we can't do that. We can't let our guard down and all that. Um, these beings, you know, whether, whether they're Germans or, or Nordics from Aldebaran or whatever you want to call it, um, uh, basically care very much about us because they, they are us, okay? The, there's an aspect of them that, that absolutely are us. They're just our space brothers. And um, they, their flyover um, Washington, D.C. was to let them know that we're still here, um, we're still going to take care of you whether you like it or not, 
you know, and, and, and that's what it was saying. It was that blatant. Um, the, these, these craft that were flying over, the reason why I know that they're associated with the Nordics and the Germans is because they, they were reported the same craft as the Hanabu and the Vril and all of that, and these Billy Meyer-type, Palladian-type craft. Now, they, these, they, these craft, you know, that are running around in our atmosphere and limited to our gravity, let's think about this for a second. You know, these are these are the, the extraterrestrial, possibly the German craft that were flying around. Um, we've heard of the Battle of Los Angeles, the same thing. The, this craft is shaped typically like a Hanabu. It, it's the same style, the 50s style flying saucer with the balls underneath it and everything, with the windows. The, the, this is not... Yeah, the, the you know the, this is not extraterrestrial like we think. And imagine how difficult it would be for the military or or, or whoever to disclose the fact that that there's uh, most of the extraterrestrials that are visiting Earth look exactly like us. That's even harder than saying that they look like a gray or a demon, or we look exactly like them. Right. Let's get to John's question here. John is saying, what do you think, guys, will be more shocking, the confirmation of extraterrestrial life or the secret space program? I, well, you know, to, just to say something real quick about that, um, the, the more difficult thing psychologically for people to handle are the lies that they told that whole time. It, it would have absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with extraterrestrials, and they would actually find out that one of the lies is that the extraterrestrials meant us harm. Yeah, I agree. Well, I was expecting a long-winded answer there, and I didn't get one. What the Sam hell here? <laughs> Let's go over to the chat room on Revolution Radio. The Gazer is asking, Ken, what is your opinion? Are the moon landings 100% real? And I'm assuming he's thinking about the Apollo landings. Well... I get that question asked everywhere I go, and and I I kind of kind of would like to be like uh, um, Buzz Aldrin. You've heard it so many times when somebody you know you didn't go, you didn't land everything. He turned around and he decked him and you <laughs> didn't knock the guy out. But uh, here's here's my answer: is yes, we definitely went. There's there's no question in my mind, and for being a part of the, the Grumman team and being one of the first four civilian astronauts that. Uh, for Grumman that tested the, the spacecraft's in, uh, lunar modules in the vacuum chambers. And we helped train the regular astronauts how to fly. Went, and I explained to them this way, okay, do you you believe we've got satellites that have been going around the moon? And, well, yeah, okay. Um, and, well, okay, you know what the Hubble telescope is? They'll usually say, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I said, well, then when we take pictures uh, around the moon of the landing sites that we said we landed at, how come the descent stage of the lunar module is still sitting there at each one of those sites, and uh, the, the rovers are there from the, uh, the Apollo 15, 16, or 16, 17, and 18. Um, no, 18, excuse me, I jumped ahead of there. Um, those are still there, parked beside the, the descent stage. Now, how could they get there if we didn't go to the moon? And and I've had people say, oh, well, I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. I said, well, while you're thinking about that and you get real close to the edge of the flat earth, don't fall off of it. You're going to have to come to reality that, in fact, we did go to the moon. 
Um, it, you know, I, I, I'm going to, um, you know, offer a a really good answer for that question. You know, of yes, we went to the moon. The reason why there's there's obfuscated and fake images is because they are never going to show us what's on the moon until they're ready to. That that is the truth. You know, they went to the moon. They actually had help getting to the moon. Um, they, there was no time when they were um, in flight that they weren't uh, escorted by extraterrestrials. Now the the thing is, and I'm talking about the good ones. You know that I mentioned that actually care about us and want peace for our planet. Um, these are the, these are the um, either the Nordics from Palladian or Del Deberon or whatever, or or just the Germans that have learned their lesson, you know, or whatever. Um, but they were followed by these extraterrestrial craft all the way to the moon. And I can tell you, I've, I've studied every single, and I mean this, every single NASA image that they've ever put out to the public. And, and I can tell you that, that um, there is a huge problem with all the lander images. They very well could have used um, uh, certain... Op- See, some, the, there's a complexity because some of them are real. Um, I know this for a fact because in Ken's archive, there's actually stuff flying around that is not ours in the lunar sky. Um, when all of the, the NASA images that were put out were completely, you know, painted black in the background, and the way they did this was the Disney-style um, acetate over the, the um, topography of the image and everything, and they would actually literally paint the background black over this acetate, and sometimes they'd leave a spot, you know. Um, I, I actually know what the pixels look like in a typical NASA image with the filter and everything, um, even if it's printed on canvas. And the, these, the, these particular pixels um, are, are painted around completely black, matte black. And um, the, uh, Donna Hare has actually witnessed this procedure being done by someone else. Um, I, I'll say that um, the, the lander images on Mars and on the moon are completely obfuscated. Um, they they um, literally put artwork and all kinds of pictures in there. They, they smush them, like, for instance, cars or um, boats or planes or this or that, um, even Mickey Mouse. Okay, I've, I've even seen Mickey Mouse uh, on the moon obfuscated in one of their images. And, and they stretch it and they make it look funny or whatever. Um, the, the, the thing is, is what they're hiding is underneath the surface of that. They're, they're high, whenever you see something ridiculous on the moon like that, looks like a dog or something, you know. Or it, there's something underneath that obfuscation. And they literally, yes, they put acetate over the uh, lunar orbiter images and um, the Apollo 11 images. They did it. They did a little bit different obfuscation. They painted the the skies completely black, and they they um, got rid of by putting acetate over it. They they actually painted out and got rid of um, by smudging and using some of photography tricks like burn and dodge. Um, ha- had gotten rid of anything that looks like uh, it's a mechanical thing or um, anything that shows any signs of life or um, secret bases or anything like that. So uh, that is a fact from my studies. That is an absolute fact. All right, let's get to Catherine's question. She is asking, what if non-Terrans are lying to us about everything, all just to 
stunt and top humanity's natural growth. Lying is a very human thing to do, greed and all of that. Um, the, the extraterrestrials would have no reason to lie to us about us. Well, so let's think about that for a moment. You know, why, why would they lie? Um, they have absolutely no reason to. The truth is too much fun for them. I mean, these are creative beings. These were created by the Creator and... A lot of extraterrestrials out there um, actually uh, believe that spiritually. That they, in fact, they don't believe, okay? They know for a fact that they were created by whatever, the great creator. The great creator. Now, the, the thing is, what if we had that kind of spirituality where we actually knew and we didn't have to believe anymore? Let's think about belief for a second. Believing in aliens, believing in gods, believing in extraterrestrials, whatever believing in secret space program and whatever we're supposed to question. Now, the thing is, I've been told by many military personnel that it's the questions that are important, not the answers. I completely disagree. The answers are what we need right now. The answers are important. The, to keep us questioning about things is the rat in the, the, the mill or whatever, you know, that, that keeps going and going and going, thinking that they're eventually going to get there and... That's exactly what they want to do to us right now. So, you know, I, enough with the questions. We need to look at our own human experiences and actually listen to each other because we're the ones that actually saw that flying in the sky. We're the ones that were actually abducted by a MyLab military personnel. And, you know, they, they're frying or doing brainwashing or waterboarding or whatever to try and get us to forget who was actually doing these crimes. Now, the, the, the thing is, is that um, extraterrestrials have never, I've never heard this before, that extraterrestrials were responsible for the murder or laming or, um, you know, or the, the, these types of sinister activities. It is always a very human thing to do. We're the ones that are violent. We're the ones that have proven to be violent. We have war after war after war. Um, you know, all of our secret space technology uh, came from extraterrestrials during World War II. Why in the world would they go to the Germans and give them... Now, let's think about the propaganda. Americans are the Germans, okay? We're, we are those Germans. We're, we're here. We had a bigger Nazi party in America than we did in Nazi Germany. So, you know, the, so let's put that in the underlying reality. The thing is, is that we are the ones that have the problem with coexisting with everything else out there. That is us. That's the reason we were warned off of the moon and told you're not ready yet. You can't come back until you're ready. And we've gone through, what, decades now of, of indoctrination through Hollywood, through um, exposure, um, and... Um, to, to the point where we're pretty sort of ready. Hopefully, we can we can um, change some of our attitudes and be willing to to listen and learn instead of it's my way or the highway or we'll blow you up. So we're, we're making progress. 
I want to try and slip in one short question here, if you don't mind, because we only got about a minute and a half. You know, I'll wait for Amber's question until the third hour. Man, Brett, you got going there, man. You got going. You you need like a massage. Is the wife there massaging <laughs> you behind your behind you here now? Nobody's there. <laughs> no, just uh, probably um, an invisible extraterrestrial. You know, yeah. prodding oh. me along here. Oh, don't you know what? I have to say this. You just brought up something. I actually, in my house, had one of those. That I, is, I know what they look like. I know what, exactly that, what you're saying. And this one was pissed off at me because the last couple of months I haven't had one of our guests, Samantha Mowat, on the air. And this little ET, I didn't see it. It was communicating through a, a psychic medium that I trust. And the, and this little E.T. was like, you better get Samantha back on the air, otherwise we're going to rain some havoc on Spaced Out Radio. And I was like, okay, I can do that. You know, it's not my choice. She's going through some health problems. What am I supposed to do? On that note, we are going to step out for our final break of the night. Brett Collins Shepard, Ken Johnson. We're getting emotional with all of this Black Ops secret space program. We're going to talk Mars, the moon, more of your questions coming up in hour number three right after this. So make sure you check out. And yes, I am trying to get to everyone's birthday wishes for me. Thank you. I know on the East Coast that it's my birthday. In Central Time, it's my birthday. Mountain Time, it's my birthday. Damn it, I got an hour to go until it's here on the Pacific Coast, and I'm still young in Alaska and Hawaii for another few hours. But we're going to deal with it. We're going to have it. Thank you so much for all your birthday wishes. I really appreciate that. Spacedoutradio.com is the website. This is Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for choosing us. We'll be back right after this. Looking for a great weekend getaway this fall? Hi there, this is Dave Scott. Come on up to the heart of British Columbia for the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon, being held at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Speakers from all over North America are coming to discuss Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, and intuitiveness for the three-day event, September 29th to October 1st. For more information, go to spacedoutradio.com and click on the Caribou Paracon banner and book your tickets today. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you. The SOR Sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences. Hi there, this is Mike Schmidt. If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense, head to spacedoutradio.com and file a Sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. SOR Sightlines. Your answers are a click away. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. Hi there. I'm Butch Witkowski, lead investigator with the Cop. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. 
People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries. So tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Wachowski's Strange Days. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, two mediums and a large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. This is Eric Markham, news editor for Spaced Out Radio's The Encounter Online. We have put together a great team of writers and journalists from all over the world to bring you top-quality paranormal stories, from alien encounters to the latest conspiracies. You won't find any of that fake news here. True stories and top-notch reporting as we look to bring these experiences to the mainstream. The Encounter online, only at spacedoutradio.com. Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream. Stories so weird that we'll leave you scratching your head wondering, is this real? It's as real as it gets with Pacific North Weird. You can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. Become more intimate and interactive with Spaced Out Radio. Join our Space Travelers Club with your new membership. For $5 a month, we'll provide you with special access to the website, monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings, along with monthly newsletter, private interviews, and more. Sign up today to be part of Spaced Out Radio's experience. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio, or our website including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. You hear footsteps in the empty room above you. A rocking chair begins rocking by itself. Don't be afraid of the things that go bump in the night. Reach for Spirit Story Box. The iPhone app the Huffington Post UK called the only ghost hunting app you will ever need. Spirit Story Box. The spirits are telling their stories. Are you listening? Strange creatures lurking in the night, the sounds of wood knocking in the forest, odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy, and I would love it if you join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between, hey, 
They don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information, look us up at spacedoutradio.com. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and hashtag Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the final hour of Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Hope to keep you going for the ride tonight because we are having some Skype problems right now. I don't know what the hell is going on, but we're having some Skype issues right now. We're going to bring in the boys via my cell phone because... That's just the way it goes sometimes. Gotta love Skype. Gotta love technology. More importantly, though, tomorrow night on the program is my birthday. So we're going to have a birthday show that is kicking off starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time. I am encouraging all of you guys to call on in and be a part of this show. Because when we are a part of this show together, we're going to have a lot of fun. And I want to hear from all of you tomorrow night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern Time. Now, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Go on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio if you want to connect with me live as well during the show. And... You can also follow us on RadioGuide.fm, TalkStream Live, Player.fm, and Stitcher. Our website, of course, is SpacedOutRadio.com, where we got a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. You can also shop at our brand new store, the SOR Store. That's just what we're calling it. Nice and simple. We got t-shirts, we got swag, we got everything going on there as well. And, of course, if you're looking for something to read, do me a favor. Listen in to and check out The Encounter Online. Because that's where we have all of our great news put together by our news editors, Eric Markham and Everett Themer. So we're going to have to abbreviate here a little bit because I believe Ken and Brett, you guys are there. Yes, we're here. We're here. All right. Because what's happened here now, guys, is I've had to put you on my speakers. So the audio quality isn't going to be as good as it was because for some reason Skype is acting up on my end in regards to it. So I do apologize to our listeners for that. But you know what? The show must go on and we got to make things happen. No, it's not the Russians. No, it's not the North Koreans. No, it's not the aliens above. It's Skype. Blame Microsoft. (laughs) 
we were talking in the last hour about just how everything seems to work in regards to the whole extraterrestrial contact and regards to what is going on in regards to the the idea that you know what is being hidden from us and it got a little passionate in the last hour and I, and I loved your passion with that Brett I really really did and I want to start off this hour with Amber's question Amber is asking do the people at NASA working on the space shuttles or the programs not know that SSP exists, the secret space program, and that, therefore, much better ships already exist? It seems like quite a waste of money to be putting on these lesser programs. Ken, maybe you want to start out with that one? Yeah. Um, of course, you have to understand that I haven't been with NASA since... Mm, well, I mean, directly since 1980. But, um, yes, there, there were those of us who had questions and ideas, and we would discover a few things and say, you know, I want to I go back and research that when I can. But we were under such pressure to accomplish the next phase of the, the Apollo program of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth, et cetera, and, and all of that. And the contracts, the contractors, I was with Grumman, um, after Apollo 11, and Grumman laid off over 30,000 employees, and I used to think that that was a huge number until just uh, this past week I was reading some, some records on it, and nationwide there were over 400,000 people that got laid off that were everything from making, you know, diodes, resistors, and, and just each, each individual part that might go into another part of another part to part of the whole system. Anyway, so we, we would come up with ideas, uh, not ideas, thoughts and, and questions, but we never got a chance to go back and, and research and find out the truth about it. And then because of this um, tremendous layoff, the economy, we, we were almost um, uh, in a depression uh, at the end of the, the, the whole Apollo program, and people were just interested in, in you know, making a living and supporting their families. We had we had PhD scientists selling newspapers along Houston streets. That's how bad things were for a while there. Uh, I was really blessed because I was, um, I guess, lucky that I was able to go directly from the the um, um, vacuum testing of spacecraft right on over to the lunar receiving laboratory and pick up at that. And so each time, but the the problem is that. You know, you might be out of work for two or three weeks, and the money you set aside, uh, you wound up tapping into that. So eventually, most of these people that got laid off went and found other occupations and other jobs, even though they may have been tremendous scientists and uh, engineers, et cetera. So when when you're you're stuck with the situation, you've got a family, you've got to support them. I had three kids. Um, sure, we 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 didn't do the research we needed to to find out about it but there we had lots of questions and lots of thoughts about uh that um i'd like to um, um do a do a little test here if you don't mind it and it's just come in reality because i've had uh, another person repeat back to me when we were talking and they made a statement and i came up are you familiar with the term of the 100th monkey no I'm, I'm not familiar with it well there was a there was a um a research test going on in a couple of different islands, and there were um, the same species of monkeys on different islands. But on one island, they would try to teach the monkeys to do a certain a certain object in order to get food. Well, and nothing really happened on the other island until they got up to the 100th monkey on one island. 
They had been taught and trained how to do this. And then all of a sudden, the monkeys on the other island, without direct contact, were able to, um, uh, they started doing the same thing. So it's a, it's a point of, you know, we are all psychically, mentally connected one way or the other. So here I was discussing this with this person in the Philippines, and um, she uh, relayed back to me. She said, well, th- that sounds like, a, sounds like a plan. I said, slap, S-L-A-P. So I'm, I'm going to, to bet that people that have heard that expression today, that the 100th monkey has now been heard, and you're going to be hearing slap on your Internet a lot more frequent than, than it is tonight. So it was just a little experiment I wanted to run. All right. So when it comes to, Ken, the fact that NASA, you know, really doesn't... Uh, or let me rephrase this question then. Do the regular employees know, and, you, and I know you haven't been involved in, in a long time, but if the secret space program had been going on this long, how do they not know about one another? It, it's compartmentalization. And, and that's for sure. We we were <clears throat> so focused on just our part, our contribution. And yes, uh, I've talked to other people. It was really strange when I went back to, to NASA about four years ago on an event, and I hadn't been there in 30 years. And um, the, the, the reaction of the uh, 24, 26-year-old young man that was going to show us around, he says, oh my God, you're Ken Johnson. You're an icon, and I thought, oh my God, what is an icon? You know, the the situation you have is, and I don't mean to offend those that are still there with us, is that the people that had the, the the technology, had the brains, had the skills and the abilities to accomplish what we did, were smart enough to leave and to get into other industries and take their technology, take their their uh, skills and abilities, and apply them to. Uh, other systems and other things than, than the space program. Uh, yes, there, there's some wonderful, fine people there, but by and large, you had the Peter principle, the ones that stayed and hung on with teeth and toenail to keep their jobs and stay in the in the position to the point where I don't think that we have the intelligence to, I'm going to get a lot of trouble with this one, for running the program like we had back during the Apollo program. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at NASA there was also um, a, a deep psych- psychology department. You know, you know what NASA stands for, don't you? N A S A. Never a straight answer. Go ahead. Yeah, um, not a se- not not a secret agenda. Right. Yes, I I know. And, and you know the the thing is that they had a deep psychology department. Um, SRI was working directly with NASA through through um, the the DIA, the the Defense Intelligence Agency, and th- this was to, um, you know, make sure that the public perception was going as planned, and anyone they had decided, you know, in the Robertson panel and, and the Brookings report, you know, that we couldn't handle um, the, the idea of extraterrestrials, but that really wasn't the case. Um, the, 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 the secret agenda behind all of that, um, or the underlying agenda, um, was was basically control to keep the employees, you know, from from even if they saw something or they physically were working with something that that they felt was a was some part of a secret alien thing or something. Um, they they were not allowed to say anything. Most of them had signed, um, you know, the 
non-disclosure agreements. Donna Harris said, I can't believe that, uh, that all of these employees could, could basically keep that secret. And it, the reasoning is very simple. It, it wasn't a secret to them, you know, um, at all. And, and anyone who would say anything about it um, would have to alter public perception for, for that to go anywhere. They are controlled and, press. Yeah, and, and basically it was very simple to say that they were crazy and, and just, you know, um, have them commit, you know, um, career suicide, you know, just by coming out and saying such yeah. things. So that, that, there was a very deep psychological brainwashing going on with all of the military programs. I mean, one of the examples there was, you know, how they went after me, and they were saying, oh, well, he was just a clerk, and he didn't do this, he didn't do that. And um, I was looking through some of my files today because my wife needed some information, and I came across a copy I had of the uh, data, uh, excuse me, the uh, Lunar Sample Information Catalog that I had been the, um, the, the contractor that was responsible for taking all the scientists' information, put it together, and pr- produce the document. And since I had the copy, the original there, there was my name, by golly. And, and, you know, when you've been hammered so many times by people saying, oh, you didn't do, didn't do that, if you don't have the records and don't have the documents like I did, they can probably hammer you down to the point where, and particularly where you've had to sign a, a, a non-disclosure, and, and I'd had to do that to get the uh, secret, and then the top secret clearance was through that. And they, they use a lot of very forceful means to be sure you keep your mouth shut. And like I said earlier, there's so many other things you have to do to take care of your family and do that that's not as important as it is. But now it's time to those the rest of the people to get the information out there. And so, you know, that's my plan, slap. So where are they building these spaceships for the secret space program? Are they building them right under our noses, like at Boeing in Seattle or down in Houston or someplace else, they're St. Not, Louis? Yeah, they're not being uh, built in, in the regular aircraft uh, and rocket factories. And that's what I was telling uh, Brett this, uh, earlier before we got started tonight. And then I discovered that we, we have some tremendous underground bases that are, we're discovering some of those now. The guy, I guess it's probably because we're talking about a 50-year uh, or a 60-year period of time that those have been developed that the people that really know are like, um, oh, what was his name? I can't think of his name right now. Very dear friend of mine came forward before he died and uh, uh, gave a complete interview and talked about the underground bases and and the, the craft that were being built down uh, below. When he talked about the elevators to bring things up, you look at the aircraft carriers, the elevators that they use to take the aircraft down inside the uh, the um, uh, the aircraft carrier to to protect them during weather. So that's the kind of elevators that they have down in, in the uh, the bases. So your secret space program uh, is secret because the majority of it is down and not just on the surface like uh, Area 51. We're talking about over below Dulce and some of the other uh, secret places that uh, are now become people are coming to the point of dying and they don't want to die with uh, the information still in their head. They're wanting to make it get, you know, it's kind of like confession time. Come out and tell the truth. Yeah, that, you know, I, I I know you guys are a lot. A lot of you are aware of this, um, but the secret space program was was funded 
um, through federal sources, you know, but the feds didn't even know that they were using the money for that for a very long time. And then there's there's been no oversight or anything on this uh, this money, but it was being funneled um, through. Um, it sort of came out um, during the, the George Bush administration and um, through the through the housing and urban development um, different um, you know, the supposed, um, what do you call it, uh, these NPOs and all that, you know, um, not-for-profit organizations that were that were popping up all over the place, as, as well as the official, um, our true government organizations, um, like HUD or something like that. But, but all of this money was coming through there, not to mention the trillions of dollars that were spent on tin cans and rocket fuel. So, you know, the the thing is, is that um, not all of that money, of course, was used to develop rockets to go to space. That's absolutely, fundamentally ridiculous. We had the resources to do that without the funds, actually. Does that make sense? Because they, they control the resources. So, you know, if, if they were getting money from the feds or whatever um, through these organizations, it would probably go... To their nice big fancy houses and all of this other jazz, this uh, this exaggerated lifestyle that a lot of these secret people live. Now, think about this for a second. They control the resources. The military controls all the resources. They don't need one dime from the federal government or anything else. The only way that they need the only reason they need that money or whatever is for their independent livelihoods in public seriously mm. so you know you, you've got all of that money that's that's funneling in or whatever it's a show it is a game it's propaganda to say that you know this person has gotten more money than the other person or whatever when when everything on this planet is based on resources everything in the galaxy is based on resources you know can you imagine going to pay an extraterrestrial or titanium on the moon, you know, um, in dollars. Can you imagine that? I mean, it's hardly the case. So the financial system is an Earth-based thing, and our secret space program is not running on federal money. And it's it's also, you know, like you were pointing out earlier, the, the, the money uh, spent on the Apollo program and the whole Apollo program was was to give a public appearance of our progress in technology and advancement when in reality from the uh, agreement that Eisenhower made we were light years getting light years ahead of with our our secret space program and um, that's kind of where all that other money's been siphoned off and going to that I got a question from Everett coming in from the SOR Space Travelers Club he is asking, as space travel moves closer to privatization, do either of you believe that the governments of the world will regulate or outlaw travel to the moon? I don't doubt that they will try, for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, that's where the, the full disclosure is going to have to come in, because you know they. Uh, I think the only only ones that could keep us from going to the moon or going on to Mars would would be the actual. Uh, secret space program, uh, trying to make it appear that no, we're we're 
warned away, stay away, or we're going to be get blown up or what have you. The, the governments would do everything they can to try to keep the status quo. But um, in, in reality, no, if, if we get full disclosure and uh, the information is out there, then there shouldn't be any way that they can keep private industry from being on. Particularly whenever we get the, 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 te- the technology available that we don't have to um, use what uh, hydrocarbon propulsion systems and things can go to um, anti-grab moon and it may you know we may in my lifetime we may be able to go on a honeymoon on the moon and and have a good look and see what it looks like on earth rise it's possible yeah that 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 is the thing um uh, uh the 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 problem you know that that arises from from that thought of the the propaganda that's been used and everything these um, privatized organizations, you know, you've got you've got India forming their um, international space program. You've got China with their new space program and all of this that 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 is exactly a carbon copy of NASA's uh, propaganda space program. So it's basically the front organization for the secret space program. And one of the one example of that is um, the 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 Navy. Um, mapped the moon in the, during the Clementine mission. This map is identical to the one that the Chinese put out that just have more um, fancy pixels and all that. It is identical in lighting, and, uh, the, the exact um, height of the orbit over the moon and everything else was exactly the same. Yeah, that's For one thing, it's impossible. And what gave them away is they said that it happened um, at different lunar phases, um, in other words, the sun was at a different angle on, you know, the the Chinese moon map mission, rather than you know the Clementine mission or whatever. And you know that that's the thing is that it was um, the the naval map is, is is only darker. So you know, basically, they just upped the contrast in lighting or whatever for the Chinese map, but the the actual um, light the sun azimuth and everything is exactly the same you know so so these these are carbon copy space programs that are put out and privatized these these private pirates or whatever you know like bigelow and all them um are just trying to make public dollars or whatever to show the public that you know that they can make all this money doing these privatized things spacex and all of that we don't need rockets to go anywhere anymore the public needs to understand that. We don't need them. A, a good example is that, that most of the SpaceX rockets that are sent up at Cape Canaveral in Florida and everywhere, uh, that these rockets are basically target practice for the military and extraterrestrials. As soon as they go up, I can predict, I'll tell you what, I can predict that they will explode in on the way up into orbit. Because they're target practice. They've got a whole bunch of them lined up. So what exactly um, are the, the, the SpaceX projects for? What exactly is this one um, ticket to Mars or whatever, one-way ticket to Mars kind of thing, you know, where, where we want to colonize Mars and we'll send people up, you know, in a, in a space rocket? Okay, that absolutely is a ridiculous idea to me. That's Buck Rogers, all right? The, the thing is, is we, we don't need those types of vehicles to get into space. And if we've spent trillions of dollars on rockets, then we're stupid. I'll just say it. 
But how are we getting into space then, Brett? We, we have mastered reverse gravitics. That is a fact. I've seen them flying around with my own eyes. We have mastered those techniques. In our physical reality, we've mastered reverse gravitics. We can take... See, the, the thing is, is, you know, um, we can take um, quite a large payload if we alter gravity, you know, the way we see it in our physics. So if, if we take these reverse gravit uh, gravitational machines... We can take them anywhere. We can at least take them to an asteroid, as proposed by Barack Obama, to go um, onto an asteroid and, and connect to it and everything else. Guess what? That asteroid, some of the ones that were discussed were like Crutane and, and the ones that are like our natural moons around Earth that have a bean-shaped orbit. Well, this bean-shaped orbit goes all the way to Mars. You could literally take that asteroid, attach to it, and go to Mars without any rocket fuel. Whatsoever, you could take a reverse gravitics machine up to the, um, the this particular asteroid that has a natural orbit, and this thing is flying really fast. You know, so you basically attach to it um, uh, with their pogo stick technique that they were talking about. I don't know, if, you know, whatever, and you could literally hitch a ride um, with with a, a life support vehicle all the way to Mars, all the way to Phobos and the moons of Mars. And they, yeah, I, I've heard um, them discussing this in, in private NASA conversations where they were discussing which um, particular asteroid that they were going to do this with, um, attached, you know, with the Barack Obama um, thing or whatever. And, and they said, well, we can't take Crutane, Crutane, it was named after a Pictish king, um, because it goes too close to the moon. I mean, they were freaked out. They said, we can't tell our boss that that would be a good one to, to experiment with because it goes too close to the moon. And if we did that, they would see the other bases that are on the moon. That's exactly right. So, you know, the, 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 this is the thing, that we need to grow up. We don't need rockets. We've spent trillions of dollars on fuel? Give me a break, you know. I mean, it doesn't cost trillions of dollars to go to the gas station and fill up your car. It, it doesn't, it, for the whole United States, it doesn't cost that. You know, the, so the, the thing is, is they've lied to us about this fuel-based economy. That, that's a fact. You know, when I say resource-based, you've got the military that, that's gone in and they've, they've um, harassed the shit out of Iraq, you know, to get ancient technology and ancient wisdom, you know, from these, um, the, from the, these, the city of Ur and the ziggurats and all that. Um there is a new MOS in the Army called Archaeology. You know, it's ridiculous. So when I say resource-based, they've, they've taken over the poppy fields in Afghanistan. You know, they, 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 did you know that um, on Earth, um, helium-3, this, this substance, is a byproduct of uranium development? So, you know, basically when you see all these nuclear plants all over the place... It isn't necessarily to give power to the whole city. It's to create a byproduct. This, this particular byproduct is very useful, and it, it, it's a forever energy source. It really is. And, and they're using it um, for, you know, for the purposes of their anti-gravitic craft and so on. So, you know, the, the, there's a lot that people have absolutely no clue of. But common sense 
can at least tell you that we do not need rockets to go to space. Mm-hmm. Let's get to a question from Revolution Radio here. And there's a couple of people asking in regards to what happened on the moon. Ken, maybe we can bring you in here. Did okay. al- did aliens threaten us to stay away from the moon? Um, well, first of all, let's, let's talk about when we first landed there. And uh, we got direct contact. And, of course, I've gone into conflict with Oberg and the other debunkers and all. But uh, other sources and ham operators have said, yes, that, that there was the communication where they're here, they're watching us, they're on the, uh, the rim of the crater, etc. Um, the, the, um, yep, what's the other half of your question there? I told you I was having a little trouble with this. Did, did, um, the, did the aliens threaten us? Okay, no. Yeah, uh, on, on Apollo 17, the last one where we physically went to the moon and landed on there, on the return back, once we had uh, done our, our uh, trans-Earth insertion burn on the backside and uh, was leaving uh, lunar orbit and headed towards the Earth, the signal coming from the, the general area of the moon said, uh, if I can phrase it exactly right, because uh, I've, I've seen it, read it, um, do not return, you're not ready. And now from what I found out, it's because we're still a very violent species, and we even proved that when we tried to, to send a nuclear bomb to explode on the moon, and the ETs had to take care of that. The same as they have done with numerous other uh, launches. In fact, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised that the problem Korea is having trying to get their rockets to even get up to altitude are being zapped and knocked down there, too, because we're trying to get humanity into a little bit more friendly species and of course they didn't with all the bases and the, the uh, uh, mining and stuff that's going on on the moon we certainly don't want a, a species come there dropping nuclear bombs and, and attacking things so yeah we were warned off and uh, I hopefully gosh I hope we've advanced enough that we're now going to be welcome to start making it we haven't really made it yet but if we get full disclosure and everyone else can start getting the governments and everyone to understand that this is not the way human beings really need to treat each other. We could accomplish so much on this planet by just working together. Ken, was there an Apollo 18, 19, or 20 that some people believe was hidden? Well, I know we had we had crews designated for 18, 19, and 20, and we had uh, command modules uh, in the assembly line, lunar modules in the assembly line, but primarily the command module, because um, Apollo 18, we used that command module uh, to rendezvous with the, the Russian spacecraft. This was the Apollo Soyuz program, and um, so that that draws us down only 19 and 20 left. Okay. Um, I don't know where those, because obviously I left the program 1980 and wound up going to work for the Grumman, for Boeing, and for 14 years as a 737 pilot, flight instructor. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, the 18 and 19 uh, command module and, as well, lunar modules, unless somebody can show me that they have taken those and put them in museums and various states and places like that, the question comes to my mind, okay, what happened to the 18, 19, and 20 lunar modules as well as the 
19 and 20 command modules. Uh, to my knowledge, I do not know what happened to those. So, have you ever seen the Mona Lisa video? That's supposedly from Apollo 20? Um, yeah. I've seen some pictures and parts, parts of it, yeah. You're talking about the, the, the huge craft that's there as well as the, uh, uh, the alien with the third eye. Yes. Yeah, the the Rutledge, the Rutledge um, uh, material, the the um, uh, a lot of it was done by a French artist, you know. So I I know this this for a fact that the that it was a recreation based on a reality. So you know that that reality was probably taking um, not conventional what we think of in the public as conventional spacecraft um, it, up into a secret mission. But rather, you know, using using their actual secret space program craft to go to the moon, and you know, take shots of uh, these things, and I believe that that really happened, and they actually have material from that craft. It's an old, ancient, you know, Vimana-looking craft on the moon. Everyone's, most people have seen that. It's the you know as big as Manhattan and all that. Um, this is just west of Tsiolkovsky Crater. Um, in a little grouping of craters, and it's right um, north of that. Um, so if you get past this, you know, this, this big area that looks like um, some kind of basalt desert, um, there, there, it starts getting rough again to the west of that, and um, people can see that on a lunar image or so on. But the thing is, yes, the, the big giant craft is actually there. The Rutledge material is... Um, has is known to be fake, you know, uh, but people don't understand why it's fake. There's there's a deep psychology of why he did that. Why did he recreate a fake video and all of these things to tell this story that actually happened? And you know, one of those reasons is the same reason why NASA told this incredible story of something that did not actually happen the way they said it happened if that makes sense. So so there, there's a lot to the secret space program that that is right in plain sight, you know. Um, that NASA is at an absolute front for what they were actually doing on the moon and otherwise. A, a lot of the astronauts came back and, you know, had their, their meeting with the public and everything, and it looked like somebody had killed somebody, you know. I mean, they, they had this look on their face like somebody tortured their puppy, you know. And... and the, the reason why, you know, you got Armstrong who said, well, I'm not, I don't want anything to do with this, this public stuff or whatever. There's a reason for that. None of the astronauts were allowed to talk about what they saw. And they weren't even briefed on what they would see, even though they, they you know, NASA knew, the, these higher-ups knew exactly what they'd find on the moon. They knew aliens were up there. They knew these things because they have much higher-powered telescopes than we do. They've got the Hubble that can take pictures, you know, of a gnat's ass on the moon. So, Brett, so are, you know, uh, Brett, are you saying then, because I think that's kind of important, that yeah. that no astronaut going into space knew that extraterrestrials existed or were on the moon? No, absolutely not. They were jet jocks. They were just for the thrill of being able to do it, you know. They, they were, just, were just there to, to make it look good reality but it was dangerous as all get out um, in fact Apollo 13 uh, some of the sources are talking about that the, 
the um, uh, alien craft that followed them to the uh, to the moon, looped around, come back, were considering having to bring them aboard the um, the alien craft to bring them back safely, because that was that was in agreement for the goal for us to go to the moon and return safely. But um, thankfully, Grumman, the company I was with that we helped build it, um, built it strong enough to be able to um, accomplish the other portion that we needed to be able to have the additional engine firings that we had to do, et cetera, um, and, and enough environmental control, ECS system, to keep them alive. But it, it was nip and tuck to, to unfortunately, we got all the way back on Apollo 13. Anyway, I don't know if I lost that question. Yeah, it was need to know. So they didn't need to know till they saw it. That's right. And once they got back and found out about it, and a lot of them, most all of them have and being followed by a lighted craft or something like that all the way to the moon and back. So it, it uh, and unfortunately, I'm saying that most all of the, the people I knew back in those days are no longer with us because I was, I was only 26 and most of them were uh, 10, 15 years older than me. So you got to tell it while you're alive or it's going to be lost forever. Well, there's a very interesting, uh, interesting thing. William Tompkins just came out and disclosed some things from TRW. You know, they were they were hired to to actually do a lot of the systems for NASA. You know, for the missions. Okay. And one of, one of them had to do with the S band antenna, and you know the the, the particular you know uh, send, transmitting television signals and such um, back you know back to NASA through Australia, the big giant disc dish antenna there. You're talking about uh, a DAC camera. Yes, and, and, and then they'd send the signal to Goddard and, and it would end up in a private room in DRW where, where you know, they, they were seeing the secret channel, not the same one the public was seeing. There are um, more frequencies than just one on the S-band antenna and they were being utilized. Um, the, the pictures and stuff that, were, that William Tompkins was talking about were were of craft, you know, on on the moon and and other things, um, uh, facilities or whatever you call it, lighted cities or whatnot. So so these things that they were actually seeing and that he described um, were of course not made public because they they felt because of the Brookings report and all that that we do not need to know. So mm-hmm. you know that that's the thing is that that these. Um, these, these people that have worked for NASA and have done all of these secret things, Tompkins has actually developed, you know, giant spacecraft and whatnot for the secret space program, according to his testimony. Uh, the, the thing is, is that, um, yes, the astronauts went to the moon. You can see it on their faces. Yep. Uh, I was going to say that uh, book that Tompkins wrote, uh, Selected by Extraterrestrials, has been really fantastic uh, because it, he was with TRW, and, and he and I basically interfaced at the same time, only I didn't know him. He was, you know, a, a lot higher in the stratosphere as far as the pecking order goes. But then it's, we were just ex- kind of interesting that how close my career, my life, have brought me in very close to uh, firsthand information, firsthand knowledge. I actually was in uh, one of the staff meetings with uh, Dr. Vonner von Braun before he passed away. So it's, it's it, I was one of the young kids there, but uh, and uh, for some reason I was I've been kept alive and got to be put in the right place at the right time, do the right thing, and that was to save an archive and make it available to the world. And so 
you guys get out there and keep doing your research. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, Tompkins and them uh, developed the, the S-band antenna for the, the transmissions and all that. Um, the the lunar base that Ken always talks about in Stiokowski Crater was actually filmed by Edgar Mitchell from the lunar module, not the command module where Stuart Russo was. Um, this was Apollo 14, and he filmed it with the uh, with the uh, data acquisition camera that was attached to the S-band antenna. So there were many ways that they could have filmed Theokovsky Crater and seen what was actually in there, um, even from a distance, um, because Ken always says that he had to zoom into it. You know, so, so that's the thing, is, is that... The, there is an overwhelming possibility that that is true. So, you know, Ken, Ken tells that story with a lot of passion, you know, what, what Dr. Page says and all of that. And, um, you know, it's like the, he, he caught a glimpse of a secret moment in the space program. Going back to that, that question before, do, you know, um, employees ever see anything that's secret? Yes, Ken did see something that was secret. He had a glimpse of that. And the next day, of course, it was gone, right? It, it was for a fact. Yep. Let me get to another question here from the Revolution Radio chat room. There's a lot of people out there who suspect that, you know, and this, you, you may need your tinfoil hat on for this one, but who suspect that there were nuclear weapons blown up on the moon. Do you buy that story? No, um, I mentioned earlier that um, there was an attempt to to uh, to ignite a nuclear bomb on the on the moon, but the uh, spacecraft carrying it to the moon was uh, detonated it before it could get there. And this was um, from uh, sources that um, Dr. Stephen Greer uh, got from um, individuals that were involved in uh, developing the rocket that was taking the uh, nuclear bomb to the moon. And the fact that it did get uh, uh, destroyed by extraterrestrials on the way. They were not well, part of it. If you understand that how, you know, I'll say populated, how many different species as well as ourselves were um, uh, on the moon. It, and just randomly taking a good shot at the moon is, is not the way to, to uh, uh, maintain relationships with what's going on. So, yeah, um, the person's right. It, it, there was an attempt to do that, but it was foiled. And then we were told don't come back you're not ready yet because obviously we're being doing some stupid things well you know that also opened up um the the idea since they did that um now they have the right to interfere now they have the right to disable all of our nuclear weapons and i believe that's exactly what happened but well, i know for a fact what, go ahead, i'm gonna say go what, ahead what, what would have been the point of bringing a nuclear weapon up to mars i mean the moon well, pardon me it, it, as I, I explained that earlier when I was talking about how the, the um, was testing to find out if the moon was actually hollow and not and having it as good of a, a powerful uh, thumping of the moon more than what it was like whenever you just have one of the asset stages of the lunar modules come back and impact on the lunar surface and then, and then observe with the, um, um, the geological survey equipment that was on that we'd leave on the moon um, to record the kind of impact on it well um, yeah, a nuclear would probably set off some pretty good rings and things to it, but it might also damage what's inside. So that was definitely one of the reasons the, the 
the official, you know, supposed reason was to test to see if there was water in the South Pole. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, or, or to see what kind of gases or whatever would fly up if something, um, if they could create an artificial impact. All right. You know, so anyway, yes, extraordinarily unintelligent and stupid to send a nuke out into space or to even light a match. If you know that, you know, that there's, there, there's rivers of hydrogen flying off of the sun all day long, you know. So if you were to light something up there, you could not only ignite that or whatever, but it, we wouldn't know the effects of that. Now, um, the scientists tell us that there's a vacuum in space, a total vacuum in space. Not so. Well, that's not completely true because, you know, there, there are traces of uh, oxygen. There's, there's traces of hydrogen. If there's hydrogen, there's, there's some kind of trace of oxygen. Now, the, the, the thing is, is that um, our science has been lying to us about a lot of things about space because, you know, it, it coincides with them not releasing or wanting us to know um, that there's life out there at all. Um, they, they say that they're, they're good sports and they're, they're looking for life or whatever. They, since then, since, since all of us have been such a pain in the ass, They've come out and officially said that, yes, there's water on Mars. Yes, there's traces of water on the moon and the ice and whatever. And then they'll say, well, yes, yeah, so we believe that this is actually a biological organism that's you know, trapped in this fossil that we got back from the moon or Mars or whatever. So the, the thing is about um, what, they're, what they're telling us, it's too slow. People are not that stupid. That, you know, we, we know there's life out there. And, and it's, it's almost ridiculous and archaic, even today, to say that they're just looking for microbes. That's where I'm talking about the tsunami of disclosure and the fact that it's that the only way that you're going to get the information out of the governments and get the truth is, is whenever they realize that the 99% of the population is saying, you've lied to us, let's get the truth out. Here's, we've got enough evidence and information here. We've got people who have experienced this. There are actually some extraterrestrials here. If you get that much momentum going, there's not going to be any way that the governments can, can, you know, keep going on to hiding things from us, even in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Yes, I don't believe that they're that stupid. They haven't spent all that money, um, you know, on, on rockets or something like that. If they were smart enough to brainwash the entire world with the Apollo program, with, with all of these front-type organizations while they were conducting secret clandestine things behind our backs. If they were smart enough to pull that off, they definitely have a secret space program. There is definitely basis on the moon. How come, then, it's been so difficult to get information from any of the astronauts, maybe instead of uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, that there were all of these happenings and buildings on the moon. Why haven't more come out? It's very simple. They took an oath. They, most of them are, are military, and they took an oath. Um, and I was actually told this recently by the guy that takes care of the SR-71 over in Mobile, Alabama, that they, that they take an oath and that, um, where they're not going to... It's a patriotic thing to them. If they were told to do something, they do that thing. It's not just that, but it was the threat that goes along with it. 
Yeah, and that threat is not just something that can be done to you, it's your family, and et cetera. And so it's not worth it. The risk uh, to to your your whole world of your family and to uh, uh, go in. Plus the fact is, Brett was saying, it is is your your dedication and, and your loyalty to your country. And then, so you know, it it trust me, you got enough enough. <clears throat> Not only brainwashing, but then enough threats in the right positions. And when you sign that uh, non-disclosure, you know you're you're putting yourself online, and uh, you're gonna have to toe the mark. Mm-hmm. Got a question from Dino coming in. Dino is saying, and he forgets the lady's name. He apologizes. The woman who was a math genius who calculated the first American man into space orbit. Do you think she had extraterrestrial help? Well, according to um, um, Tompkins, according to Tompkins, uh, I would say yes. <laughs> you need to, you need to read up on Tompkins and uh, selected by extraterrestrials. It is amazing, and um, even a person like myself that was so involved in stuff, so much of it rings true. But then somebody, I got to say, is that really possible? Even the things that I knew, and I'm looking at the stuff that he's been involved in, what he's saying, and I'm saying, oh, my God, that could be true. Even if 10%, and I'm just picking that number out, of the information that he provides in that book, which he said he was told to go ahead and just put it out there, then, wow, where we really are with our space program, our secret space program, and our contact with uh, station intelligent beings out in the universe, it's about time that it all comes, comes together. Yeah, it's my of my opinion that um, all of the geniuses that we've ever known, Tesla, Einstein, the lady that that did the math formulas to to go to, the, all all of them had an incredible connection to the to what the Rupert Sheldrake calls the morphogenic field, um, the the space that that has all the answers, you know, that's just flying around and waiting for anyone to pick it out, and and they were incredibly in tune to these. Um, these completely different concepts that that were <clears throat> considered unearthly, you know, concepts that would come through, and, and they were actually not acceptable at first. None of them were ever accepted uh, as some kind of gospel or something in scientific world. Um, you know, they, these were all theories or whatever, but some of those theories, most most of those theories, came from an extraterrestrial source whether that would be directly from extraterrestrials or just the morphogenic extraterrestrial field. Mm. Gentlemen, we only got about four and a half minutes left with you tonight. This show is flown right by, flown right by, and we missed a ton of stuff that we wanted to cover tonight. But in your, in your time in doing this, Ken... And I know you've been researching this a long, long time, especially with your history at work. Do you feel slighted, to say the least, in regards to the way NASA has kept the public in the dark? A quick answer is yes, but the, the better answer is um, whenever I applied for the, uh, the regular astronaut program, and I had the letters from Neil Armstrong and Jack Swackert and Jim Irwin and all those recommended me. That was a shoe-in, and then being dropped from there. I mean, that was a big blow, and I was disappointed when I applied again for the uh, shuttle program. And uh, then they said that I had three bachelor's degrees, uh, fully accredited. And, and, but 
they didn't want those. They didn't want jet jocks. They wanted people that had PhDs. And then when I got around to getting my first doctorate um, in, in theology from the, the, my own religion, um, <laughs> they said I was too old. And, and that I, I did. I felt slighted. And, and then with the Mars One program where they used me and then wound up dropping me from the program about when they were getting ready to pick the final ones that were going to be training to go to Mars. Yeah, I felt slighted, except now I'm looking at it for the different way because, and it's only been in this past year that I've been able to research and get into the people that I've known and uh, find out the truth about our secret space program and what's been going on, that I, I believe in a higher power. And I think that, I know that if I had been selected on that first group that I would have been on the, the Challenger that blew up on the first on launch there. That, and, and other times that I would have been taken out that they're not through with me. <laughs> and uh, there's more that's being expected of me and more opportunities coming my way. I may be 75, but then I figure I'm going to live more than 180, so i got a long ways to go. And so I don't feel quite so slighted. I feel like I have been saved for a more important mission. Sounds great, my friend. Sounds great. And where do you take your research from here, Brent? Um, well, you know, it, it, as you know, it, it, um, many times I felt like I've hit a wall. And um, the last time I felt like I hit a wall, Ken came along and Donna came along with, you know, with awesome images that I could use with control images. And now Vance, my and friends. Right? I could, yeah. And then now there's a, there, now there's a new guy, you know, that, that's... Um, um, who communicated, you know, with the Russians on the other side of the wall when the Berlin Wall was up. And I was over in the Army, too, you know, and it, it, uh, before the wall came down. And there was a certain mentality with that. And there was also clandestine activity because it, it was along the Danube River Valley um, where ancient extraterrestrials, you know, came into contact, taught us our language and everything else. And uh, these... Army guys were literally trained at Fort Meade um, to use Ouija boards to contact extraterrestrials, among other things. Remote viewing, the, the remote viewing program came out of Fort Meade um, that, that uh, was later studied at SRI. Um, so um, if, if anyone's interested, they can read the, the Vance Davis story. And, and he told me um, personally that, that some of that was not true, especially the part of him being some kind of religious fanatic and him having to um, uh, go over uh, to Florida, you know, to meet extraterrestrials because God told him to do so. Yeah, so some of those things are not true, but take it for what it is. Um, some of the things he does talk about are the secret clandestine activities and his communication with extraterrestrials. And um, lately, I hope he comes out with this story and discusses it with everybody, but there are... Um, satellite dishes on the moon that we use as relay dishes to communicate with extraterrestrials. So that, that's where my research is going. I, I have also filed a Freedom of Information Act to get Ken's film um, that, that he was shown, uh, that, that he showed uh, with, yeah, with, with Dr. Page that had the basin um, inside Tsiolkovsky Crater. I know exactly what mission it was. I know exactly, you know, what film it is and everything else. So I was able to ask for that, and I'm mm -hmm. still waiting for the National Archives to, to respond. Gentlemen, I have to call it the night. It is that time. Thank you so much for being oh, on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Ken Johnson, Brett Shepard, been an absolute pleasure having you back on the show. Well, thanks a lot for having me.
All right, I'm going to let you guys go. i got to wrap things up tonight. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure, and we will. Yep, thank you. We'll, we'll do it again. If you're listening in on the terrestrial radio side, you hear Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal blasting in the background with Little Brother is Watching. Bumblefoot is the official sound of Spaced Out Radio. Tomorrow night on the program, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time, it's my birthday show, man. I got no one booked. It's just me, you, the listener, whoever wants to call in. I'm doing a rarity. I'm opening up the lines tomorrow night. Anything you guys want to ch- talk about, you call in. I'll give you the number right off the bat. Doesn't matter who calls in. We're going with it all. We'll see where it goes. Let's be a little rebellious. And there might be some fireball in the way as well. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I want to thank my team, Everett Themer and Eric Markham on the Encounter Online, Jolene Lammers, Web Design, Catherine James, Social Media, Bob Davis, our great intro voice, Kim Gandy, our Director of Business Management, Thomas McGowan in Sales, Lana Scott, my personal secretary. Thank you so much for being with us on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Remember, everyone... Do me a favor, spread the word, tell a friend, because together we will own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, take us home.